You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, June 6, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what up? Manny, what's going on, man? NBA playoffs. We are both sad fans right now. Very, very yes, sad fans. Very, we'll get into it, though. Very, we'll very, it. very, very, very <laughs> sad fans. You know, geez, what a week. What a week. It was a double whammy for me. But you know, yeah, you guys know who listen and follow. Uh, but we'll get into it. It was really yes. for you. very hard week. At least your Mets are in first. At least your Mets are in first place. Hey, you know what? And, and been that way for like, it's like, not like, oh, we've been in first for two days. Like, no, nah, we've been in first. It, I think, for today, a while. <laughs> I think I saw something. Anthony DeComo tweeted out something earlier that said uh, the Mets have been either in first place or shared first place for 30 straight days. Which, that's, like, as a Met fan, that's like, oh my god, Jesus! And with half of your um, roster out, like, come on, half go. of our, and that's what that's what makes it so cool, right? It's like this team, like, you're finding different heroes every night. Every guy's contributing. The pitching staff has been completely just fucking beasting. Like, it, it's just Jacob Degrom really, might be the best pitcher of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all time, but the run, the run that he's at right now. I mean, he is. He, it's like it's like. It's like, you know, for those who don't follow baseball, it's like watching Mike at his peak or watching LeBron at his peak or, you know, Magic or, I mean, it's just watching that, you know, watching any quarterback in football, that any great quarterback at their peak, you know, same thing in baseball, watching this pitcher just completely dominate and do things that ha- that people haven't seen in, you know, decades, maybe ever. Uh, it's just incredible. I got to be honest with you, man. I, I think it's even more impressive than that. When you have a 0.64 ERA, that's... And a 400 I, that, batting average too. That is, that is like, I, I don't even know how to put that in basketball terms. That's like literally averaging like 40, 10 and 10 with no turnovers and shooting like 65%. 40, 10 and 10. And also, do, uh, and also having a 50, 40, 90 type of season. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's with, with and, and, and don't turn the ball over. Like right. it's, it's everything it's you can think of, kind of with, yeah. with great defense. I, I, I right. can't explain how. You, yeah. Yeah, like that, that's that, like, is, that's, that is such a dumb. Like that shouldn't even. That is absurd. Like if he was in the low twos, I'd be like, man, what a season. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. like, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. And 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 I I think the only comparable thing to say it, it would even be like would be like a quarter. Like let's say Aaron Rodgers was, you know, led the league in passing yards and had a perfect QB rating and right. like had a like a. One interception, one, you know, one or zero interceptions. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's just, and like 40 touchdowns through week eight. This <laughs> is like, it's that, that's how crazy it is. I mean, he is, he's so good that it's, it literally just doesn't even make sense. Like how good he is. He already it, won it, the Cy Young. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the MVP. Forget Cy Young. Like you can make the case. He's, He's the most valuable player, and 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 not to get too much into the baseball talk, but 
I hate this. Like I hate this. I love baseball, but there's so much about baseball that I hate that the whole like, oh, pitchers can't win the MVP because oh, they have their own award. Like, shut the fuck up. Right? Like, <laughs> you mean to tell me that Jacob deGrom isn't one of the isn't one of the most important players in baseball? Like, seriously, right. like we're sitting here making a case that you know, I forgot who somebody who's who somebody was making the case for for MVP. Shohei Otani. Shohei, the Angels are terrible. The Angels were in right. fourth place. Like, right. uh, but somehow Shohei to Otani, and I know he's a hitter half the time. I get it, but you know, Shohei Otani could be an MVP, but Jacob deGrom can't. Like, stop. Please stop. Right. Like, please. Yeah. Like having a pitcher, an ace, that kind of ace at that level with those numbers, that's as good as having any three, four hitter in baseball. I'm sorry. That just is. So, yeah, I Jacob DeGrom is, is definitely the MVP, Cy Young, all that. Um, everything. Just stay healthy, Jake. You know, maybe he may not continue at this clip, but just stay right. healthy and keep pitching the way that he I mean, he's incredible. He really, really is incredible. There's not many guys that I can say are probably they're 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 pitching at, at a level that I've never seen before. Like he's pitching at a level I've legitimately never seen before. Maybe three guys, three guys that I've seen Pedro in 99 and 2000. Pedro's the only one. Pedro's the only one I can think of. Randy Johnson, late nineties, early two thousands. His stuff. It just um, reminds me of Pedro. That's what it is. I think. Yeah. His stuff, <laughs> his stuff is, is Pedro. Um, it's weird because it, to me, it's like a combination of Pedro and Randy Johnson just from the right side. Um, but it's weird. He, he's just, his, his delivery is so effortless. Like it just doesn't even feel like he's exerting that. And he's just, and he's throwing 102. Right. With pinpoint control, it's just it's it's surgical. It really is. I you know, I can't yeah, say enough he, about the guy. He throws harder than Randy Johnson. It's just that Johnson was so physically like imposing, and that that's what I think. Randy was like a yeah. giant came to the mound, and like it was it was more being physically imposing than it was like his stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, he had he had dirty stuff. I'm gonna be wrong, but yeah. I, I mean, this Randy Johnson. I think like an literally an ostrich is on the mound and just. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's incredible. I mean, I think the only thing that I don't even I, I think that this run he's on, I mean, I don't think it I mean obviously we brought up Pedro and 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 Randy. I mean, this this is Koufax like. Obviously, me and you were both not around to see yeah, Koufax. I, I know nothing. Yeah. Right. But I mean everything that you read and this and the highlights and, and the, the, the stats and everything, I mean, this is like Koufax level. I mean, this is just ridiculous, you know, and a much harder error to pitch in than than Kovac. And no disrespect to Kovax, but it's right. just it's incredible. It's incredible what he's doing. So we, we can't say enough good things about Jacob DeGrom. So, yeah, man. But, uh, hey, good good way to lead off the show, man, with some with some Jacob DeGrom. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah appreciate you, that. But how are you, man? How's everything? How's life? How's uh, uninterrupted? How's all the, the, the stuff going on your way? Busy, 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 man. But I guess busy's good. Busy's you know, a good a, thing. There was a, there's a, a day I dreamed of being this busy for money. <laughs> so... Hey, yes, yes, I, absolutely. Not gonna complain. Not gonna complain. My yeah, man. Out, we, our, 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 yo, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, my yeah. friend. We'll get to that. Um, we need to we need to get Josh a, a mental health day, guys. So we need to like you know tweet it's out coming. some ideas, either a staycation or going somewhere, whatever. We need to get Josh a uh, a uh, a mental health break. Normalize that. Normalize that. By the way, man, you're feeling stressed. You're feeling overworked. Right. Please, 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 please take care of yourself first, first and foremost. And uh, coming after the yourself. finals. For sure. The finals. for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Uh, enough talking around the lead. Um, well, you want to start with our or our teams first, or do you want to start with, yeah, today, let's, with let's, today's game? Let's games? get it out of our chest. Let's get it out of our Okay, yeah, let's get it out of our chest. I'll, I'll let you go first, man. Knicks, uh, since yours happened first. Knicks lose in five to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, 
couple days removed. Obviously, we all know the results, man. Just right. floor is yours, man. What uh, What are your thoughts on this next season? Well, I mean, overall, I'm really happy with the season. You know, obviously, there's mixed feelings because you get into a matchup with a 4-5, you're the 4, and you think you, you know, going into the series, obviously, the Hawks were the more talented team, but I thought the Knicks obviously had a chance. I picked the Knicks in 7. Probably some of that was with my heart. Um, I think it was disappointing to see Julius Randle play the way he played. You know, they say in the playoffs, there's a, a Bob Myers has a great quote, uh, Warriors GM. I don't know if you ever saw the video, Manny, but he's basically like, regular season doesn't mean anything. This is me paraphrasing. But he's basically, the regular season doesn't mean anything. In the playoffs, you find out who's who and who can really play basketball because those open jump shots are not open anymore. That your go-to move, we're, we're taking that away. Every team does that and we see who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think, not to say Julius is trash, I don't think Julius is trash, but I think Julius showed himself where it's like, okay, you're more of a three at best, you know, for a championship yeah. winning, which, which is not a bad thing. You know, I, I think a lot of Nick fans, like it's, it's weird. A, a lot of them are starting to be like, Oh, we don't care if I, I was on listening to the fan today. I don't care if I get rid of Julius, like get rid of him, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, we, I mean, he didn't play well in the first round. He was awful, but mm-hmm. you can't ignore what he did during a regular season. You can't right. do that. And if, if you add, you know, a number one or a number two, he's going to be open. He, he's going to get better shots. Like he had to create everything he created this year. So I just think Nick fans need to relax. I think it's a blessing in disguise. I made a video about this where it's like, well, now we can kind of take off some money that we're going to pay him. <laughs> we can justify not giving him the max because yeah. we look at him like, yo, you're not a max player. You're, you're, you, yeah. you're going to get money. You can get a bag, but you're not a max player. You know, I think a lot of people have delusions about RJ Barrett. I like RJ. He's a nice player. I think he's a piece, but he's not a superstar. He's not someone who you can like groom into like a number two option on a championship living, uh, winning team. I think he's nice, but you know, I, I think a lot of the delusions that Nick fans had pretty much were on display and were thrown in our face. Like, Hey, this is reality right here. When you lose five, when you lose in five games to the Atlanta Hawks, you kind of have to re reevaluate yourself. That's no disrespect to the Hawks, but it's not like they went against the bucks or the nets or the Sixers, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Overall, with the season, I'm really happy. If you would have told me the Knicks would have got the four seed, I would have said you're smoking crack. And they got the four seed. Granted, the Heat were injured. The Celtics were injured. A lot went their way. They were relatively yeah. healthy, and they played harder than any team in the Eastern Conference, in my mind, all season. That probably led to it, you know, Thibodeau coaching. But it was fun, man. It was awesome to see the Garden crazy again. Like, the defense chance, like, give me chills, man. Like, it's such a wild atmosphere. I know a lot of people, you know, you hear about the Garden being the quote-unquote mecca, and I don't like when – Nick fans say that I think it's kind of pretentious, but there is a vibe at the garden that I don't think exists in any other arena. Um, and I know you would, you might fight back on that with me. Um, I wasn't around for the form. I've been to the Staples center. Staples center has nothing on the garden. <laughs> You're right. But, um, You're right. But, <laughs> but it was, man, it was just, it was just, this was just the most fun I've had watching Knicks since Linsanity. And it was my favorite Nick team since 2010 pre mellow. So it made me. It made me like the Knicks again. It makes me. It made me love the Knicks again. I. I. I had an affinity for the Knicks for the first time in a while, and I'm. I'm grateful for that. Disappointing the way it ended, but this team was never going to go anywhere to begin with, and we. We had some questions answered. Just we don't like the answers, and we just got to deal with the reality. Right. Uh, well, I don't disagree with anything that you just said. Um, I do think MSG is the mecca of basketball. It just is. Um, there is a vibe yeah. in that arena that you just can't duplicate. Um, <clears throat> not saying that Nick fans are better than Laker fans. It's just. It's just. It's a vibe. It's, it's, it's just yeah. a vibe. It's just a, yeah. it's just a vibe, and that arena is different. Basketball there, when it's important, when there's a big game, there's just nothing like MSG. It just isn't in basketball. There just isn't, you know, at pro basketball at least. It, there's just right. nothing like it, you know. Um, so yeah, everything that you said there is, is spot on. Look, I think the Knicks. I think if you're a Knicks fan, I think you have to look at this season as a total success. I mean, you were a team that were predicted to what be tenth 
in the East, Worse. maybe ninth, Worse. maybe ninth at best, well, right? Yeah, yeah, right. At ESPN best, has were, as the fourth worst team in the league, or, or like third worst team in the league. There you go. Right. Like the, no one had any expectations for this Knicks team. I mean, maybe if everything broke right and went right, like a maybe like a fringe playoff team, tenth, ninth, eighth, fighting in the playing game, that type of that type of team. But nobody had expectations for the Knicks this year, and they came out and not only exceeded those expectations i mean they crushed those expectations i mean they far exceeded anything that anybody had i thought julius randall really came into his own this year as a player thibodeau proved again why he's a really good coach despite what nba twitter likes to tell you about thibodeau um he's a really good coach and the knicks matter again msg matters again the knicks are not as a, a dysfunction and a laughing stock as they've been for the last 20 years they they, they actually did things right for a change. So yeah, man, I think if you're a Nick fan, if you're a tried and true Nick fan, I think you have to look at this season as an absolute success. You know, now the fun begins. If you're a Nick fan, now the real fun begins because now you start looking at this season. Okay. This was kind of our honeymoon season period or whatever. And now we really got to start, you know, putting our hard hats on and start building this team up and saying, okay, what's, what's a piece that we're keeping? What's a piece that we're building around? What's a piece that we can discard? What's a piece that we, you know, we can just cut. What's a piece that we can build around? What's, you know, like you start answering those questions. Who's a piece that we can add? We're guys that we can draft. Like, so all of these questions are questions that now as a Nick fan and, and obviously, you know, the powers that be at MSG, can all start answering is like, is Julius Randall a guy that we pay max money? I think me and you both know the answer to that is, is RJ Barrett, anything more than just a very good player, but nothing more, you know, all of these questions that I think Nick fans had, had question marks about that have been kind of answered. Um, I'm with you on RJ. I, I'm honestly, I'm disappointed in RJ, man, because you know me, I'm a Duke guy and I, and I yeah. loved him at Duke. I loved him in high school. Like he was called the Canadian Kobe, like, Maple Mamba. Th- Maple Mamba. Like I, I thought RJ would be so much more ahead of where he is right now. And it's just been, it's been weird. It's just like, he just, it's like, he, he just stopped developing. He's, he's, no, but it's like, but, but like the expectations that yeah, maybe unfairly, I guess, well, but when he I, came I into that, Duke, the expectations were right. And it's like, he lived up to expectations at Duke. Obviously he was just completely dwarfed and overshadowed by, by Zion, but people forget like RJ Barrett was the number one player in that class. Like there were people that were saying RJ Barrett was going to be the number one pick and Zion was like maybe a top 10 pick. And right. Zion obviously came in and just lit the world on fire. But RJ Barrett didn't disappoint at Duke. If anything, he lived up to expectations and then obviously being drafted third coming in that same draft class as John Morant and, and, and Zion. I kind of feel like he's underperformed in a lot of ways. Um, he has not really lived up to the hype that I had and the expectations that I had. And maybe that's just because he's, not that guy. And I think that that's what I think what people are starting to see is that he's just maybe just not that guy. So this um, is this is my first time ever doing this. So I had an NBA player to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I work at Uninterrupted for those who don't know. So I work with athletes and I had one. I think I told you who it was, Manny. Okay. We'll talk afterwards. But one time we're talking about the Knicks and I told him I'm a Knicks fan. He goes, oh, my condolences. And we're talking about the team. RJ Barrett comes in the discussion and he goes, yeah, RJ, like he just, he doesn't do anything well. Like, he just, he, the way he tries to score the basketball, he's never going to be efficient in this league ever. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just basically like, they don't like anyone on the team. No one in the league really likes what's going on in New York. This is back when they had like Alonzo Trier and like those mm-hmm. guys. Right. Um, but basically, just went, didn't go to town on RJ, but would just be like, yeah, he's just like incredibly average. Like, he ain't shit, basically. <laughs> right. Which is, 
and which no is wants, yeah which is crazy to think about where you yeah. if you followed rj in high school if you followed him coming into yeah. duke it's just like and obviously we all know what happens in high school and college doesn't always necessarily transit you know transition into the nba we know that obviously there's not that's not a shock but it's just like I, I just kind of feel like man i expected this guy to be much better than what yeah. he is and he's just kind of i don't know he's just he just like he's he just, just stopped he's developing okay. he's just there he's nice he's fine he's his, a solid his handle, player his handle's not that great it's okay like he he can no. do what he needs to do but sometimes he slips up he doesn't blow by anybody no nope. he's a he's he's a decent finisher at the rim but he's very undersized he's not going to overpower anybody so how is you know what i mean so he yeah. has to be a little more crafty and he has to be a little more creative what helped him a lot this year was the fact that he started heating up from the three-point range and if he can continue that yeah. next year that's going to help him a lot because without that three-point shot like he really I mean, what else does he do well? Yeah, to be honest, that, like he gets to that, <clears throat> he gets to do it every once in a while. Yeah, that's but not really, and he doesn't really create for others. He can, like, he shows flashes of being able to pass the basketball, but he's not a playmaker. I wouldn't say so. I don't know. I like RJ, but to me, I'm not attached to him. I, I would trade him heartbeat. I agree. Yeah, I, I think RJ is a guy that if you got an, uh, a, a a if you if he was a part of a package where you could get something better for him great and maybe and who knows maybe he's a guy you've seen it before but maybe he's a guy that the Knicks trade him and then he finally realizes his potential somewhere else maybe um who knows because that, that's happened yeah. all the baby lakers man they're out putting in work <laughs> so listen don't 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 remind me but um <laughs> listen, you want to you want to championship train them away so i understand like, i at know, the end of the day like but like but. julius is an example of that brandon ingram yeah. is an example jordan clarkson jordan clarkson even lonzo right. to an extent so right right Right. I mean, he yeah. Can, he no. Can be one of those. He can be one of those guys for sure. But no. Even if he, even if he stays with the Knicks, but if he just develops, it, if he continues to develop his three point shot and becomes just a gunner from three, that hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Guys get paid just off that. So if he could be what a better Alex Burke <laughs> than that, right? That's probably a good ceiling for him. Yeah, he's a solid player. He's a solid right. starter. I think he is. I, I do. And you know what I liked about him. He's one of the guys that I paid attention when that game got out of hand, that game five. He kept playing hard. He was energized. He was into it. He was he was trying to take over the game as much as he could, obviously. You know, he was still bringing it. And that that impressed me because a young kid like that, what, second year in the league, he could have just pouted. He could have, you know, sunk his shoulders, whatever. No, he was out there competing. That that showed me a lot from RJ. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, I think he's a good. I think he's a good player, and I think he's a keep. That I think he's a piece that I think the Knicks should keep. Obviously, if the deal presents itself, I mean, if you could get you know Dame Lillard I'm, for him, yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah, I'm not attached yeah. to RJ, but it, but I I think you know what that player told me like rings true. I mean, when Ant, they lost a game to the Timberwolves earlier this year, where RJ took the last shot, and Anthony Edwards just came flat out and said, "Yeah, we wanted the ball in RJ Barrett's hands." Like, there's a little reputation with RJ around the league. Like, he don't scare nobody, and there's yeah. reasons for it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that that's that's the same guy that I saw, but it's it is it is. So yeah, I agree with you, man. No, look, like I said, the Knicks are back, not back to being championships contenders. Don't take what I said no. wrong. I'm just saying that their Knicks are back to being relevant again. Basketball yeah. matters at MSG again, and that's that's the important thing. We've talked about it before. The NBA is better when the Knicks are good. The Knicks, the NBA is better when the Knicks matter again. So that, right. that's all. All these things are true. So now it's now it's. Building on the success of this year, going from okay, we're a good team, good solid, good side. You say good team, solid team, made some strides. Now, how do we become a good team? And then, how do we come from a good team to a great team, championship contending team? And that's the next challenge, and I think that that's what um, the Knicks, Knicks fans, and Knicks executives have to start uh, thinking about and looking forward to when it comes to next season. 
Yeah, I, I would just caution Nick fans. I mean, you got to remember that, A, the Hawks were pretty much hurt and in disarray for the first half of the season. They're a better team than the Knicks. The Heat are probably better than the Knicks if they're all healthy. The Celtics, same thing. So, mm-hmm. no, they were the four seed this year, but let's not kid ourselves. They could easily be in a play again next year and honestly have nothing wrong with the team. It's just, you know, there are other teams in the East right now that are just better than the Knicks who have more players, yeah. who have more talent. More talent, yeah. Yeah, the Knicks just caught a season where there were a lot of injuries. A lot of teams were in disarray, and they took advantage of it. So I, I think Knicks fans need to kind of temper their expectations. You know, the Knicks are maybe like on that fringe of being a contender, but they're not. They're nowhere close, and they're not in the upper echelon of the East. Don't let the four seeds fool you. You know, there's still six to seven teams that I think the Knicks healthy are are need to leapfrog. So temper expectations, Knicks fans. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, what what do you want to see this team do in the offseason? What are what are kind of some of the areas I, no. you want to see them focus on? I mean, I, they need a point guard. I I, I would love Agreed. Lonzo on the team. I, I'm team Lonzo with that. A lot of Nick fans aren't, but I think a big reason why the Knicks struggled offensively down the stretch was because they just simply didn't have anybody who could literally just run a pick and roll and read the defense and make something happen. Like that, I, I, I know it sounds crazy. God bless Derrick Rose. He did everything he could do, but Derrick Rose is like, I'm gonna go to hoop and make something happen. Derrick Rose isn't. I'm going to go with the pick and roll, see if I can catch the roller. If he's not open, read the weak, five, weak side defender, hit someone open for three. Like Lonzo goes through the progressions. He looks for others. Like that's important. And they don't have anybody like that. And Lonzo. And he's great defensively. So fits he's great the, defensively. Fits, and he can hit the, fits and he the can reputation hit the of this team. Yep. And he can hit the three. So I think he fits in beautifully. I think they need a playmaking point guard. I think they need a little, I think they need more snipers on the wings. Alec Burks is cool. Reggie was awesome this year. Reggie yeah. Bullock. Shout out to Reggie. Uh, he, he has, he's had an up and down career. But this year he was awesome with the Knicks, and I'm, I was really happy with him. So I just think they need a little more shooting. I would like to see Obi more involved with the pick and roll, and kind of creating offense for him. Um, you know, and and just maybe like another wing who can like create their own shot. I, it's it's just they just need they need better players. They need talent. That's they need talent. They need playmakers. So that when there's a half court set and the defense is tightened up, they're not going isolation and just trying to make something happen. Run a pick and roll, make something happen with somebody else creating. And they, they didn't have that. Didn't have that. It was give the ball to Julius, watch him take a 25 foot step back jumper, or give the ball to Derrick Rose. Hopefully he gets in the paint and it's a floater. They had nobody to like break down a defense and make something happen for anybody else. So that's that's what I want yeah, for the next. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think they need a healthy Mitchell Robinson. I think that's that only, that also is. Helps them offensively, and it's going to definitely help them defense. Yeah, absolutely. I think a healthy Mitchell Robinson goes a long way. I agree with you. They need a point guard. I just think they need a number one guy. They need a closer. They need maybe even it's not maybe they're not a, one, a number one guy, but a, a one A, a two guy. Like they just need, shot. yeah, they just could, yeah, they just need somebody that can create their own shot. A guy that commands a double team. A guy that kind of just opens the offense up for Julius and everybody else involved. They just don't have that. You know, they just yeah. don't have that guy that commands the respect of the defense, especially on a perimeter. So when things get tight, you know, just the the. You know, and, and I think Julius just panics because he's the only guy that really can create his own shot. So I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself and the fact that he's just like just kamikaze like basketball or all over the place. It's just it's weird. So I think they definitely need a number one guy. I know that's you know, I, I, who doesn't need a number one guy? I mean, a lot of teams need a number one guy. So it's right. easy to say that. But I think they just need a guy that could create his own shot, you know, a closer, a finisher, somebody right. like that, somebody of that ilk. But you know, quickly is a piece. Obviously, if we got, I even mentioned quickly, but quickly is really Williams, good. Brady, off the bench. Yeah, quickly is a yes. quickly is a piece. I already know his role. I don't want you to be the starter. You come off the bench. You're our sixth man, instant offense. That's why I want quickly to be. Agreed. Yeah, and he plays agreed. for his size. He plays good defense. 
each like he, good he, defense. He knows what he's doing. He's a playmaker. Yeah, yeah Quickly's quick. I, I've been impressed with Quickly. I, yeah. I didn't think Quickly was going to be that good, and he's and he's exceeded that expectations uh, like that. And uh, yeah, so like I said, Mitchell Robinson, healthy, a point guard, uh, you know, another closer at the very least, another just capable scorer of the basketball, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, man, the Knicks, the Knicks have there's light at the end of the tunnel for the Knicks, and that's a good thing. That's yeah. the biggest. That's the best thing I can say about that team right now. Yeah. Let's let's go to the other side of right, things. And the floor uh, is yours, Manny. The, the floor Lakers, is yours. Man. The Lakers out in Listen, six games. Six games to the Suns. Obviously, if you, you had to be living under a rock to not know that, obviously the Lakers are the Lakers, so they generate constant buzz. Even without LeBron, they generate buzz. So with LeBron, it's like twofold, right? Um, Listen, I mean, I, I, that's why I'm glad we did this show today and not, you know, Friday morning or some shit because it's like the, the emotions would have been really raw and I'd have been talking real spicy and, and whatnot. But no, I've had a couple of days to think. Look, it, it's, it's crazy, man. It's been, a, it's, it's literally the Lakers season was two seasons. It was what, 35 games in when the Lakers were completely healthy. LeBron was playing at an MVP level. AD wasn't playing the same way, but he was kind of still catching his legs up under him and, you know, whatnot. And the Lakers had the best record in basketball and they were steamrolling to basically waltzing to a repeat. And then the injuries happen. AD gets hurt, misses basically the most, the majority of the season. LeBron gets hurt, you know, what, three weeks later, three or four weeks later. And what? That's it. Season's pretty much in disarray. Yeah, guys you know, having to step up and play, you know, some of the weaknesses and the holes that this team had kind of, you know, showed themselves to be what they were. And the season just kind of fell apart for us. And it, and, and we just didn't have enough time and games to, you know, get that chemistry going. Even with that, um, the Lakers had a two, one lead in that series. I will challenge anyone and tell them if the Lakers are healthy, if AD does not get hurt, we beat the Suns. That, that's, I agree. that's, I'm sorry. I know people yeah. want to now make that out to be like, no, that's bull. No, if Anthony yeah. Davis is healthy, the Suns are going home. In you think LeBron was six healthy? games? That's the thing about it. I've I've been very critical of LeBron. I didn't think LeBron had a great playoff series. I don't think he had a great series against the Suns. I, I, I think he was really passive, very indecisive. Dribble, 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 dribble. Fade away three. Dribble, 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 dribble. You know, pass out. You know, it's, it's just was not a LeBron James performance for the ages. That's for sure. So do I think he was hurt? Yes, I do. But that's the thing about it. And I, and I hate doing this because it, it sounds unfair and it's like, you're not sensitive to athletes and injuries, but it's like, I go back to the old Jimmy Connors line. If you're injured, don't play. If you play, you're not injured. I can't, I can't dissect your performance. If you're out there, it's like, if you're healthy enough to play, then I have to expect you to at least play it to your, to your level you know what i mean so if lebron scores 25 yeah, oh well if he's healthy he scores 35 I, I can't do that what is that like okay what does that mean exactly right right so um yeah do i think he was hurt yet yeah, i do I, I think he was hurt i don't think he was 100 i don't think you can watch lebron and not say that there was something there there um again how much of that played a role into the series i think a lot of it because he just he just wasn't the same guy I mean, and that's what I was very critical about. It's like, like he's just not doing the things that you expect from LeBron, basically putting the team on his back and just like LeBron by himself is good enough to at the very least, you know, take this series to a seven. Right. Like I've seen LeBron by himself basically almost beat the Warriors. You mean tell me he can't by himself compete right. against the Suns? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he can't beat Jay Crowder. 
<laughs> he can't be Jay Crowder or Devin Booker and, uh, you know, Cameron Payne and, right. uh, and a one arm having Chris Paul. Like, stop, please. Um, that being said, look, it is what it is. Um, the Lakers didn't end the season well. Uh, and I think that's another thing that somebody else brought up to me, too, is like, you know, everybody had delusions or grandeur with this team. I mean, this is a team that basically took a lucky shot by LeBron in the playing game of beating the Warriors or who knows, we might be in a situation where we're playing the Grizzlies for our lives. Right. Like right. we were that close. Right. So yeah, it, it just, the vibes around this team just, just felt off after basically all the injuries happened. Yeah. Once and, LeBron uh, went down, the vibes kind of went off. Cause they were like the best, they were the best team in basketball. LeBron was yeah. honestly, if LeBron was healthy the whole season, he wins MVP. I probably. Think, I, yeah. I, I think, probably. I, I, I know Jokic was a favorite and Jokic was like, he had his career and he still does. But like, at the moment LeBron went down, LeBron was the MVP of the league in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so, you're right. I, you know, yeah. obviously we'll never know, but it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And now the, the real fun begins, I guess, because now you get to see, now you get to play fantasy GM essentially and see, okay, what does this team need to do to give? I think this team, before I even go there, I hate to be reactionary just in life in general. You, you hate to be reactionary, but we're all guilty of it. Right. You know, we all live in the moment sometimes and we make decisions based off being in the moment. <laughs> um, and as and as a fan, it's the worst thing, right? Because it's like you don't want to be reactionary as a fan, but it, 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 you, you can't help it, right? Because there's emotion, there's passion involved, and you don't necessarily tend to make the best decisions. So that's why it took me a couple of days to sit back, relax, think about things succinctly. Um, I do. It, part of me wants to kind of run it back with the same team because I do feel strongly that if we were healthy, right, this is a much different season, right? Um, but then also part of me understands that we have some glaring holes that we need to be addressed and we need some changes. And I think I, I lean more on we need some changes. Not a lot, not crazy changes. I mean, obviously, anytime you can start a season with a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron James, I mean, you know, you're not doing so bad. That being said, I think the, the Lakers need to make some serious changes. I think, number one, Kuzma's got to go. It, it's it's done. It's over. I like the kid. I like the kid a lot. But he just he just doesn't fit. You know, the Lakers have been trying to sp- a fit a square peg into a round hole for two seasons now. It just hasn't worked. Um, I give the Le- kid credit. And LeBron's, like, visibly frustrated with him. Like, there yeah, were three it, moments it, in that game where, like, LeBron just, like, like, Kuzma made LeBron, like, it looked like he made him give up. <laughs> that's yeah, how, absolutely. That's how frustrated yeah. he was. Yeah. And look, uh, that's another thing about LeBron, his body language, just awful. It, it's always, it's, it's always been this way. And and, and yeah, it's amazing to me that people that. just don't call it out enough. It's yeah, like, he's, yeah, it he, you know, for all the credit that he gets for being a leader and this and that, it's like his body language on the court. Sometimes when things are not going well, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And, you know, say what you want to say about Michael or whatever. You just didn't see that from Mike. And I hate yeah, to be Mike, that. Michael was more like aggressive, like in your face, you'll get your shit to get LeBron's more like, he throws his arm in the air. He right. embarrasses you when he walks back yeah. and he pouts. Like, honestly, I, 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 I say this all the time and I, people are like, Oh no, you wouldn't But like, if I was a bronze team, I'd be like, I would be in his face. Like, yo, don't fucking show me up like that. Don't yeah. show me up like that. I don't, yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't know if yeah, that's, that's a New York in me. And I know that's a, that's me fantasizing. Like, Oh, that's what I would do. But right. I, 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 you, you don't, don't show me up like that. Cause you're LeBron embarrassing your teammates. Me. You're yeah, embarrassing your teammates. LeBron would trade me 1000% trade me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be traded. LeBron, LeBron gets his first year with the Lakers. If I was on the Lakers, I'm gone by the trade deadline. I play, I probably play 18 games with LeBron. <laughs> before I'm gone. And then you're out of there. Yeah. Out of you, 
don't if I turn the ball over, don't throw your hands up in the air and walk back on defense and embarrass me like that. I'm sorry. I don't get yeah, a man. No, nah, it's not a good look. It's it's definitely not a good look. It's it's yeah. never a good look. And, he, and LeBron has been guilty of that forever. And it's about yeah. time that people called it out for what it is. He's just but, always there's always that. a specific person on the team he does that with. Like he did it with Deion Waiters when he first got with the Cavs. He did it with Kuzma right. and the Lakers. He did it with J.R. Smith. Like there's always a specific player on his team that he just seems to like. Kyrie. He did it with Kyrie a, few, a couple times too. The, yeah, that's that's, that's kind of. And Kyrie stood up for himself. Yeah, and Kyrie's I think that's like, where you gain your respect for LeBron. Is yeah, that and, and that's probably the reason why Kyrie just didn't want to stay around. Like, yeah, we yeah, want a chip, but like, you know, I I did this, I did X Y Z. You you embarrassed me the first couple of years here. Then we went a chip mm-hmm. together, and now all the credit's going to you, like, right? I ain't, and I hit the most, and I hit the biggest shot in the game. I, I know he he the biggest shot in cast. He 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 right. hit the biggest shot in cast history. Maybe the biggest shot in NBA history. Like, very true, very true. You know? Um, yeah, who's got to go, man? I like the kid a lot. I, I give him credit because a lot of guys would not have handled that situation the way that he has, where he's been willing to work and, and change his game completely. Um, Kuz is a scorer. Kuz is a guy. He doesn't play much defense. He's he's a high volume scorer. He's a guy that's used to basically getting the ball, putting the ball, in, you know, putting the ball on the court, playing that up tempo Luke Walton ish type of offense. That's, I guess, successful <laughs> to some funny to some folks i guess but he's that's the type of player that he's that he's used to being and he hasn't been able to do that under frank vogel and under this iteration of the lakers with lebron and ad yeah. and it's just not built for what he does best he needs to go somewhere where he could just be that guy um sacramento you know, sacramento yeah right sacramento <laughs> i mean i could think of a lot of teams that could use a kyle kuzma you know hell even your knicks could probably yeah, use a kyle maybe. kuzma I, you know? I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Kuzma to be like our, one of our main guys though. I, he's like a right. main guy for a bad team. He is right, right, right. And I'm not and I'm not trying to hype up Kyle Kuzma. He's a very good no. player. I, I, I there's also that like Kuzma gets like a lot of like unnecessary hate on Twitter too. Like I get it. He's flashy. He's out there. And I've and I've even been critical of him. Like for a guy that literally sometimes looks lost on the court. You know, I see a lot of you on Instagram. I see a lot of you with Instagram thoughts, like, you know, outfits and shit. It's like, no, focus on the basketball, less yeah. on that. But he, you he know, was I also think, like the chosen one too. Like out of all the people like that got traded. True. Very true. Very true. You know, Brandon, and I, Brandon, if, if Brandon Ingram's around this, <laughs> this team, like totally different, <laughs> yeah. totally, totally different. Yeah. yeah cool. Even it's just, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. And I hated giving up those two guys because I, I loved them. I thought they were they were centerpieces for what the Lakers were trying to do. I get it that at the, at the time, you know, giving up AD, getting AD was was paramount and it was the obvious move. Right. But I hated giving up those guys. Man. And I wasn't mad about keeping Kuzma because I, I felt like those three guys, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, were the chosen ones, the chosen ones. Those were the guys that you needed to build around. And obviously we kept Kuzma and I felt good about it, even though I had my concerns, how would he fit with AD? Obviously they play the same position and it just hasn't worked. So I think Kuzma has to go. Drummond, bye. Um, Gasol, I respect you. God bless you. Respectfully, you got to go. He's old. Um, he's still effective. He could still help a team, but it's just, yeah. Um, Shooter's the guy I'm, I'm, I'm confused about because there's not been times this season where, yeah, he's not, I'm getting there. Trust me. At times this season, I thought Shooter was our second best player, especially when AD was kind of struggling and with his legs, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, I thought Shooter came out the gates playing really well. I would argue he was the second best player on the Lakers this year for a large stretch of the season before the injuries, before the COVID pauses and whatnot. Remember, he had two COVID pauses. You know, he had 
you know, one I, right around January or so. Then he had another one kind of later on in the season, you know, missed about uh, a week to two weeks from that. And uh, it just felt like after that second COVID pause, he just never got his, his, his season on track. Obviously, he turned right. out an $84 million extension. Talk about he wants $100 million. Look, I'm I'm split on Schroeder. I like him a lot. I think he's a very good player. Um I'm not paying him a hundred million. If he's if he's no. dead if he's dead set on I want a hundred million dollars goodbye. If I can get Schroeder, hell, I'm not even taking Schroeder at that eighty four million. If I can get Schroeder three for thirty nine, the Kuzma contract. If I can get him for four for sixty, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't that. mind I wouldn't mind yeah. bringing Schroeder back because he does he does help this team. He's a playmaker. He's another point guard that kind of takes the pressure off of LeBron James to make plays in backcourt. Um, so. I wouldn't mind that, but if you're paying him a hundred million dollars now, nah, that's money. That's money better allocated for somewhere else right. on the roster. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay Dennis Schroeder that, I might as well. I, I'm. I'd rather do a sign and trade with the Pelicans for Lonzo back. He's a bigger, better Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so right. Schroeder's the one that I'm 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 mixed about. Everybody else, I, I I think the biggest the biggest takeaway with the Lakers though, they need a third option. They need a third option in the worst way. I think that the, the the plan and the strategy has been that, hey, we have LeBron and we have AD. And at first it was, oh, Kyle Kuzma is going to be third option. Obviously, when that wasn't working, then it's like, oh, well, we don't really need a third option. We just need guys to step up behind AD. So LeBron and AD do their thing. And on any given night, it could be Rajon Rondo. It could be, you know, KCP. It could be Caruso. It could be name a guy, right? That strategy doesn't work when LeBron, who's, you know, now it's going to be 37. Now two of the last three years has had a major significant injury, which has cost some time. And then of course you have AD who's never held it. Now that situation isn't exactly ideal because you basically have question marks on your two best guys. And then you have a question mark on who's your third guy. So I think they absolutely in the worst way need their Tobias Harris type of guy, you know, maybe not a great player, Obviously, if you could get a Dame Littered or you know, somebody like that, wonderful, obviously. And I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. I don't either. I but, don't either. but just throwing that name out there. If they could get Dame Litter, obviously, you shoot for Dame Litter, obviously. But right. I mean, even even just you know a Tobias Harris type of guy, that just a guy that you know consistently each and every night can give you 17 to 20 points on average. They need that in the worst way. Because again, AD's out or hurt. LeBron's injured like he was in this postseason series. Who's the guy that you can rely on to, to put to put to get you shots to get your points? They just don't have that guy. It's supposed to be Schroeder. Uh, yeah, and that 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 contract demands just <laughs> really started going down as as the missed buckets yeah. and I mean, it you know over performances. Yeah, no, it worked. It worked, yeah. and that's why I'm and that's and again that's why I don't want to live in the moment and be reactionary because I don't want to make a bad decision based off what two weeks in the regular season and a bad playoff series against the Suns. I don't want to necessarily make that decision just based off that because he did have for the most part, a strong season with the Lakers. Yeah. But again, you know, it's, it's hard. It's when, when your team is struggling the way that they were and they just needed a guy to step up and, you know, you basically had games, you know, I know he stepped up in the second half of game six, but pretty much you had game four. He did nothing. You know, basically, game four, game five, he was just non-existent on the court. That's that that sticks in a lot. That sticks in the crawls of a lot of Laker, Laker fans. So, yeah, man, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting offseason for the Lakers. It really is because I'm gonna I'm, I'm 
I'm really curious to see what the tact is with them. Are they just going to be aggressive? Palenka's shown himself to be very aggressive. He's not going to sit around. Yeah, I think they'll be aggressive. I just don't want them. And when I say third option, like who's that guy? I don't know. A lot of people throw out obviously fantasy booking Dame Dame Lillard. Uh, I've heard Bradley Beal's name come up. The problem is with the with LeBron led teams, like the third option never does anything. Like it's, it's very, exactly because you know, it's, it's Love, LeBron. Chris Bosch, it's they're always sacrificed because LeBron dominates the basketball. It's hard to have a third option. You just need to, LeBron needs a two and you need to surround him with shooters. That's really what it is. People, I, you know, I, I honestly, I, I think Laker fans don't overreact. If this team's healthy, there's a good possibility you win the championship again. A lot of it is absolutely. Healthy. Yeah. So, so it, it you got bounced in the first round. You got bounced in the first round to a team you probably would have seen in the Western Conference Finals if you were healthy all year, mm-hmm. and you were unhealthy, and it took six games. So, I, I think Laker fans like, yeah, you need to make some slight adjustments, but the but the formula of LeBron and AD surrounded by shooters who can play defense, it, it works. It's it's going to be fun. as long as LeBron is can come back healthy and be LeBron, and same thing with AD, the Lakers are going to be fine. You have I, no I doubt that LeBron. So you have no doubt LeBron can come back and be fine. I have no idea. At this point, because he's thirty, that's, 30, that's, like that's he's the question. He's gonna be right. thirty-seven next year, and it's like, at what point does Father Time win? Because Father that, Time is undefeated, and, and that's the uncertainty that I have, and that's yeah. the uncertainty that a lot of people in Laker Nation have. It's like it's not LeBron at thirty-two, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, he's still got at least a good three, four years left in him. He's thirty-six, going on thirty-seven. You know, at some point, even LeBron, you know, Father Father Time is going to come. That bill is going to come due, right? At some point. And you just wonder if it hasn't already. And, um, you know, again, two out of the last three years, he's been hurt and significant injuries where he's missed time. So you you wonder now if it's like, okay, it's starting to now be the decline and it's only a matter of time before he just completely falls off a cliff. I don't think it's going to happen, but right. I think that that question mark is already there. And then obviously yeah. AD is a huge question mark. He's never healthy. He's not, he's unreliable. And I love the guy. I love the kid. I think he's a good guy. He, you, you, you know, he cares and it, it kills him that he can't be out there to help his team, but he, you know, availability is, is part of greatness too. You know, I got to be able to depend on you. And you know, if you're a Laker fan right now, can you count on AD? You just know for the rest of his career, he's a guy that's never going to play 82 games. No, you just know right. that he's not even LeBron too, man. I mean, you had LeBron for three seasons now, two of those three seasons, he's got hurt. Which has tailspin your season, exactly right. So, listen, I agree with you. Look, as far as who's coming back, I would bring. I, that's another thing that I left off. I think Vogel did a terrible job coaching in the series. Uh, I don't. I did not understand the rotations. His love affair with Drummond just made no sense to me. I I, I almost had feelings of like he was back in Indiana with with Roy Hibbert. I just didn't get it. Um, the Drummond decision. I mean, how do you not play Montrez Harrell, the guy who gives you energy and actually gives you a low post presence that can score to supplement what you lose in AD? I, I just do anybody. not understand it. Can't protect I the under, rim. I understand that. Yeah, I I get it. I understand it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You just, but but you just want to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, you just have to recognize that it, as soon as AD went down. You had to change that. That logic had to go out the window. You just had yeah. to bring in Harold. Had to be a guy there. I mean, you just had it's to so bring him in because Harold, like he kills in the regular season. He's it's, and then in the postseason comes, he gets no burn. Like he's unplayable in the playoffs because coaches don't want to, you know, play him because he can't protect the rim and can't really guard anybody inside. But then it's like, well, why do you play him in the regular season? <laughs> right, and like, it's like I, th- I, and I, sometimes I think that's a little bit overblown too. Like, 
I never watch Harrow and just be like, oh my God, he's a liability. I, he, yeah. He's, I, I get his deficiencies, but the guy brings energy. He brings, exactly. talent. I mean, he, when, he can make when Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy yeah. and Jalen Rose, everybody's basically saying, play Montrez Harrow. You literally right. have no one else. It's, it's more of a plus than Andre Drummond. And like you're running post plays for Andre Drummond too. Like Andre Drummond got the ball in the post a few times. Like, oh, this is our, this is the play we're running. <laughs> what? Exactly. And it's not like Andre Drummond. <laughs> Dude, I'm just sitting there like literally like almost trying to break the TV watching this shit. Like right. I, I just cannot I, I can't understand it. It just made no sense to me. Um, yeah, the Drummond thing was was ridiculous. I don't get it. And it's not like Andre Drummond on a defensive standpoint has been Wallace either. He's never been that. He's the guy that gets rebounds, blocks shots. He's, he's a good player, but you know he, he's not Ben Wallace where he completely changes your team defensively. He's just not that guy. So it just it never made sense to me. It never made sense to me. So yeah, I I would definitely bring Harold back, bringing Caruso back. I get THT, you know THT to get more burn and get more development next year and have him be one of your lead guys in, at, from the guard perspective. And then again, I would invest in some shooters. Um, your, your only shooter can't be KCP. Wes Matthews just didn't really work. Um, he looks to be a little bit past his prime. Get a little younger, get a little bit more athletic, get more yeah. shooters. Um, I think if you could get a reliable third option, I think you do. If not, go heavy on the shooters, man. You need shooters. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you're not bringing and under my scenario, you're not bringing back Gasol, you're not bringing back Drummond. Um, I don't know what what Dwight Howard's contract situation is, but I think they sorely miss Dwight Howard's energy, his his defense. Um, I'd look to bring Dwight Howard back. If I can't bring Dwight Howard back, I look to bring back Javel um, right. and maybe somebody else to t- you know as a center tandem. I like the center tandem. I think that works best with AD than just kind of having one guy clogging up the lane with it's AD. Crazy defensively, it's like no yeah. one's getting to the rim on you guys. That's right. the reason why they won the championship. I mean, offensively, to me, offensively, the Lakers have always kind of looked like a mess with LeBron and AD. Like, it looks like it's smooth sometimes, but it's just you get bailed out by the greatness that is LeBron and AD. Sometimes the ball moves well, and, you know, KCP's hitting the three. But offensively, the Lakers, every time I watch them, they, it just looks like a, a clunk. It's just like, okay. No, you're right. The Lake, um, let's be real. They, they LeBron and AD don't really work together. Right. It's it, just, it, they're, con- they're just so good. It's Right. Concep- it conceptually out. speaking, Conceptually yeah. speaking, LeBron and AD do not work together and right. pretty much shouldn't work together. But those two guys are so great. Right. And it, it, not to mention, and the other thing that doesn't get talked about it last year is enough is Rondo, you know, KCP. A lot of guys stepped up, hit big right. shots. You know, the Lakers big Achilles heel last year. All I heard was the Lakers didn't have shooting. Well, guess what? Those guys all shot well, hit threes, right. big threes, right. clutch threes. So that made the difference as well. So I think the Lakers just need to focus on that, man. Just getting some shooters. Getting getting a center tandem that that you know only adds to the defensive principles right. that Vogel's trying to teach and, and enhances uh, AD's value, um, and again you know and Harold brings you know that insurance policy and gets you know when inevitably when AD is going to be hurt or needs you know two weeks off or whatever, and so I, that's that's why I would definitely bring back Harold and then of course you know if you can find a reliable third option go all out and do that if not again just invest in shooters that's the best right. thing that I can do right. um, for this team but. Yeah, it's 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 it sucks that the Lakers are not in and the Clippers are still in. Um because the Clippers basically worked extra hard to beat a one man team. Basically. Um <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll get Luke to that. Luca and friends. Luca and friends. Uh but yeah, man, it's uh it's a disappointing time in Lakerville. Disappointing time in Lakerville. This 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 year definitely felt like it was a year we could have gone back to back and and to lose in the first round to a young Suns team is is very disappointing. 
Very yeah. disappointing. And, and uh, on a side note, before we move on, uh, Phoenix Suns, act like you've been there before. You know, you got <laughs> Listen, and I'm not usually one of these guys, uh, you know, play the game the right way, guys. No, I'm not. I I believe in principle. If you don't want guys to talk shit, if you don't want guys to celebrate, beat them. You do, the way you shut up your opponent is you beat them. So I'm usually that guy, but, you know, the Suns were going extra hard on Thursday night. You know, you got Jay Crowder doing Jay Crowder things with the salsa dance, you know, Devin Booker with what and what, you know, I thought so, all that shit. I'm like, Phoenix, calm down, calm down. First of all, you got lucky. You beat us when AD went down. Like, let's let's, right, <laughs> let's right. slow down there. It's not like you beat us at our best and you dominated us. Like, no, you, you beat us with our best player, second best player, arguably. Um down and out for the series and guys didn't step up. Like, let's be fair. here, All right. And and not to mention you've been irrelevant for like 10 years. Let's stop. This is like your first <laughs> shot in the sun here. Like, just like, like calm down. I don't know. I just, I just irked me. Like, come on now, you know, we'll take our ass whoop and we'll go. But like, you got scenic suns, you know, trolling us and doing, and it happens. It's just par for the course. So I can't get too mad about it, but that just rubbed me the wrong way. So, you know, that's just me. Sorry. I get it. But, but congrats to the suns, man. Devin Booker had a, outstanding game you know he, he took that kobe manifesto to heart and uh boy he worked us in the first half man man just no conscience whatsoever absolute assassin hey i respect it i respect I it i wish yeah. i wish uh i wish the guy wearing 23 and purple gold was that's, that's that's the reason why a lot of people don't mess with lebron is because he doesn't that's what he it has is. that in him it depends it he he always goes into the game with the same approach for the most part, like feel out the game, get my teammates involved. I need my teammates. And sometimes, you know, you just need to come out and impose your will on the just game. Take over. Basketball. Just take over. Yeah. And that's the thing that I've always been critical about James Harden. I, I've been critical about other guys. It's like, sometimes you just need to go off. Like what Kawhi did the other night that, that where you're just like, no one on earth is going to stop me tonight. Like, put Jesus in front of me. He's getting his work. Like that's what you need. That's what, that's, that's what you need. Like that's what you need sometimes. And you, and, yeah. and that's what a great player does is he recognizes the moment. He recognizes the atmosphere. Like, yo, my team is slow. Is is we're facing elimination. I need to go off. And um, LeBron just doesn't do that for whatever the reason. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting off season for the Lakers. All right. I guess we can move on to today's games and enough crying and whining by us. It's actually good to actually break down other people's teams and, look at their shortcomings uh dallas man dallas 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 Dallas. how do you lose this series you know you lead the series 2-0 yeah you lead the series 2-0 then you blow it at home and then you get back to la you you figure out a way to win game five then you have game six in your building and you still blow it and now you have game seven and as a game seven that's pretty much tight for three and a half quarters three quarters yeah, the Clippers went on like a 30 to five run or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And even then they still did everything possible to try to give the game away because that was right. people forget that was still what a seven point game with three minutes left. Something like admit, that. Yeah. We'll admit it like 30 and then Reggie Jackson hit the dagger. Right. Um, um, yeah. Talk to me first, I guess credit to the Clippers. I, even though I hate it, credit to the Clippers because the they did get team. off. The- They're the better team. I mean, listen, last year's Clippers would have lost a series. That's what I'll say. So that's that's the credit I'm going to give the Clippers. Last year's Clippers team would have lost a series in six. They would have lost in Dallas, you know. But also, like like I said, it was you have a team that's like pretty complete, right? They have scores on the wings with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I think um, Ty Lue playing Reggie Jackson. I don't give Ty Lue a lot of credit with things, but deciding to play Reggie Jackson over Pat Beverly was a big um, upgrade. 
Um, you know, Marcus Morris was hitting threes. Luke Kennard, you know, became a factor in the last two games of this of the series. So the Clippers stepped up, man. And just at the end of the day, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's Luca versus and every, versus everybody. It's kind of that, but it's also like the Clippers are just a better team. Like it, 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 that's just is what it is. When you have to go zone and play zone the whole game, to me, going zone is kind of like if if you're not Syracuse, <laughs> if that's not your thing, you're going zone. You're going zone. If this definitely. is not college basketball, like right. if this is the NBA and you're going right. zone by, yeah, it's just couldn't. Yeah. Rick Carlisle was trying all these different lineups, like Boban was playing. You know, a lot of people get, and this is I don't know if this is a hot take. I think if I tweeted this, you'd get ratioed out the fucking building. But I don't think KP played all that bad. I don't think KP this whole series. I don't think he was great. But I think a lot of the reason why KP and this is the first time I really watched the Mavericks. Luka don't pass on the ball, and the way Carlisle uses him, he just stands out on the perimeter. It's like you got this man who's like seven three, seven four, and you're not even using him correctly. You got Luka dominating the basketball, and of course he's gonna have like fourteen assists because every time down he has the basketball and he dribbles the clock out or whatever, and he makes a play for someone else or he drives and kicks or he shoots the basketball. But you literally have a seven three, seven four guy who's supposed to be number two option, and you never run anything from him ever. They did in the beginning of this in the, in the game, and then they went away from him. It's like, how do you expect your number two option or somebody else to get involved with the game if you don't give him a chance to do so? There were plenty of times Luca looked him off, and you could see KP visibly. You know how we talk about LeBron's body language? Same thing with KP. KP just like, I didn't get the ball again. Wide open. It happened like four times. <laughs> now, that's not making excuses for KP. He should be playing better. But at the same time, I think there's like this thing with the Mavericks where like Luke, it's so Luca centric that it hurts like the role players. Like, you're not going to have the role player set up if, if you have one guy dominate the ball. Just It's like the that. James Harden effect. It's the James Pretty Harden much. effect. Pretty much. And almost like a Russell Westbrook thing, too. Like, Russ has, like, he, Russ will get you, like, 18 assists. But he'll get you 18 assists because he has the ball in every possession. He takes up the whole right. shot clock. And it's like, yeah, you'll get an assist because you just naturally you're going to pass the ball. And you'll Which in that in itself makes the assist kind of overrated anyway. Right, right, right. So, like, but, like, so I play point guard. As a point guard, I think, all right, well, I got to get this guy going. This guy needs to take a shot. This guy needs to take a shot. This guy has to touch the ball. If and uh, the natural way people play basketball, a lot of people, for the most part, when they get the basketball, they think, well, how can I score? What can I do? And a lot of people, if they don't touch the basketball in four or five possessions, they're going to, you know, eventually when they touch the ball, they're going to take bad shots or they're going to force a shot because they don't feel involved in the game and they want to get involved in the game. And I think that's, that happens a lot with like LeBron led teams and Luka led teams and Russell Westbrook led teams. It's that you have your role players who are inconsistent because they're yeah. never really in the flow of a game. And I think that's probably what happened with the Ma- with the Mavericks. Once Luka goes cold or once he gets tired, they have no offense whatsoever. Or when he leaves the floor, they have no offense whatsoever because nobody's in the rhythm of the game because Luka controls the whole thing. It's like his greatness is like, you know, one of the worst qualities of the team. It's the same thing with LeBron teams. Like LeBron controls the whole game. So players like Kevin Love doesn't really, you know, show what he can do or, you know, your J.R. Smiths are hot and cold. It's, it's, it's like a, a necessary evil sort of thing. And that's what happened to the Mavs this series. Yeah. I, I kind of disagree with you on the, on the KP thing. Um, I get your logic and I, and I think you're right about it. I, I just think, again, he just doesn't, there's just something about KP, man. I, 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 I feel like he's more talented than what he shows. Sometimes. He don't like Luca. He doesn't like Luca. I guarantee. I guarantee you, he doesn't. Yeah, like Yeah, you could just tell that that relationship isn't. It, they just don't fit. That, they don't complement each other. That matters. But that matters. Yeah, but that matters. But again, it's like this is a guy that you're paying twenty eight million dollars to. Like, yeah, yeah. I need you to. I need you to do more. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's you got to demand. There's no doubt. You got to. Yeah. Un- he's underperforming. You got to demand the basketball. And if yeah. and and you know what? Hey. If you're a guy that I'm paying $28 million for and the superstar Luka Doncic isn't passing you the ball, then you demand that fucking ball. You make yourself. And, 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 and the thing about KP, 
is I get it. They're not utilizing him right. But you have to great players find a way to get the basketball and they find a way to impose their will on the game. If Luka, if if KP is a great player, which I don't think anybody is accusing him of, but if he's a very good player, you figure out your role on that team. You figure out, okay, I'm not getting the ball. Okay, I'm going to do other things. You're seven foot fucking three. I'm sorry. Figure out a way to get some rebounds, block some shots, be a be a be a presence in the post like when Boban Marhanovic is like the best interior presence that you have on your team, when literally Christoph Porzingis is standing right there, that's a problem for me. It just is. I'm sorry. He's got to play better. And he's not assertive enough on offense. You could tell that when he's not getting the ball in his spots, he just kind of whatever, or he just kind of phases out. Like it, it's, it's just not a good look. And again, I'm paying this guy $28 million. And I know people no, will say, well, right. the money doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It does. He's taking up a part of your cap. He's yeah. 20. You pay a guy $28 you million. Dollars, you traded him. Two. Exactly. Yeah. You traded yeah. him to be the number two guy. And he hasn't been the number two guy at all. It's yeah. been spurts. There's been moments, but he really hasn't been that guy. And in a postseason series like this, he needed to be the guy. I, I'm not going to kill Luca because Luca basically almost beat this team by himself. Oh yeah, I'm I not mean, killing Luca with what I just said. But I, but, but no, and I know you're not. I'm just saying yeah. I'm not going to. I know people that want to kill Luca. Listen, there's a contingent of, of fans out there that hate Luca Doncic. I'm gonna put it out there. There's a lot of black fans that don't like Luca Doncic because it's white. Like it, yeah. it just is what it is, and it's like it's corny. Like to me, I get it. There's issues in the NBA. There's issues with structural racism in the NBA. Luka Doncic isn't that. <laughs> Luka Doncic <laughs> is a great player. You can like Luka Doncic and still call out that the NBA is bullshit for not having black coaches. You can like Luka Doncic and say that the, does the media overhype Luka Doncic and players like Luka Doncic because of their greatness? Yes, absolutely. There's no, I don't think Luka's overhyped though. I don't no, but I'm saying do people overhype white players because if, if, if there's a white player that has any little ounce of game, do they get yes. overhyped to the max? Tyler Hero? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Luca, but this isn't the situation with Luca. Like Luca Doncic <laughs> is that dude, and it's about time that NBA fans out there and they know who I'm talking about when I say this, and they'll listen to yeah. this. Like it's about time that y'all start paying attention. Like this dude is a monster. He's a beast. Right. He deserves right. the accolades. Um, I yeah. I listen. You're you're right about what you said. I just disagree with the KP thing. I, to me, he's no, I, I think better. what you said and I said could be true though. You know, what right. I, mean? I think I think on one hand, what I said can be completely accurate, and what you said is at the same time, yeah, Josh, that can be true. But at the same time, he still needs to figure out a way how to make his input on the series because we're paying him this amount of money, and because he's supposed to be a number two option, and not just a number two option, like legitimately like a top fifteen player in the league option. So I, I think I think what you said could be true. I just think that it's a bad match. I don't think him and the, I don't think he can play with Luca. I think he needs to be like in a more like free flowing ball movement, like high pick and roll, pick and pop system where he can shine because I, I I legitimately do believe that if he gets traded to another team that runs an offense like that, I think he can thrive. I really do. Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's again, living in the moment reactionary, you know how Twitter tends to be and you go down that rabbit hole. Oh, they hate him. There's, there's not a, you you won't find a single KP supporter on Twitter now. (laughs) Right. His stock is so low right now on NBA. It's ridiculous. Very low. That's what I'm saying. If I tweeted out what I just said, I'd get ratioed with Mm 1000%. And people yeah. think I no, I know what I'm talking about. I know, I know. Look, yeah. is Chris Porzingis is a talented player. Yes, is he? Is he a great player? No, but he's a very good player, and he should be better than what he's playing. And I think that that's yeah. what I think frustrates people. Is like this guy. I think people know he's better than what he's playing. He's just not showing it. 
And I get it that the fit is not necessarily ideal. I get it that Luca has some fault in the in the the usage, and I think that Riccardo absolutely has some faults in the usage. But at the same time, you're a guy making twenty eight million dollars a year. You're a guy that's perceived as a super as a very good player, at the least a guy worthy of getting twenty eight million dollars a year. Right. You need to play that way. That's just a, when you make that. And I know people hate hearing that because oh, it's money, whatever. No, it matters. Like, you, money is a sign of respect. And it's like people respect you and expect and expect you to be a guy. You need to be that. If not, then you become a situation where you're stealing money. And it's like, yeah, nah, nah, that's not going to go over with a lot of people. So, yeah, I think uh, I think KP is definitely one of the biggest issues with that team. And I think they need to address that. So I agree. Um, I, I don't think he fits. He doesn't fit with Luka. I definitely see him getting traded this offseason. I think it has. I think it has to. You've given it two years now. Yeah. And it just hasn't worked. Um, and you're in a situation now where you got to start doing, you got to start putting some pieces around Luca, especially pieces that fit, that help him. Right. And uh, yeah, you, they need to start doing something around Luca, man. So it's just, you know, but it's a shame to see a guy that played that well, that was so dominant. I mean, to lose. I mean, he almost pulled it off. I mean, he almost beat the LA Clippers by himself, which is, which is amazing when you think about it. He was exhausted in the second half. Exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he also has to get in better shape. And I'm look, I'm not one to to, to give NBA athletes, you know, <laughs> body techniques and, and uh, you know, gym routines or anything like that. But, no, it just he needs to get in better basketball shape. Yeah. You know, to me, still a little – he's still got a little baby fat in him. You know, he still needs to get a little bit – he needs to eat – the thing that you see with him is that he needs to have a body that's 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 able to withstand the NBA rigors. And that's the only thing that I would say, the only thing that he needs to improve on is that he needs to start getting his body prepped in condition to play 35 plus 40 minutes and have the ball in his hands constantly and get the physical abuse that he's going to get. Because you got you know how it is, you know, guys are going to be coming for him. A, because right. he's white and they think he's soft. He's a European right. player, blah, blah, blah. That That exists. It is what it is. Let's not hide it. Like it is what it is. So people are going to come after him extra hard and he's going to be able to, he's going to have to take that and he's going to have to condition his body to not only take that, but also dish out that pun- that punishment. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does to kind of change his game and elevate his game up to that particular, in that particular a- area. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's still got time. I mean, he's what, 22, 23 years old, something like that. So he's got more than enough time to do that. But um, yeah, shout out to Luca, man. That, that guy's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah, he is. As far as the Clippers, it's listen, it worked. The West is wide open, man. You can convince oh, me I that see. any one oh, of these four teams can win it. Absolutely. The Western Conference is completely wide open. I think the Clippers have a shot. I, I will say this. if For the Clippers, there's no excuse now. Go to a final. I'm not asking you to win it. Get to a final. I right. don't want to hear any excuses anymore now. You know, you got the Utah Jazz, you got the Phoenix Suns, and you got the Denver Nuggets without their second best player. Right. Get to a final. Get, you got get Kawhi it. Leonard, and Paul one George. of the top five, top six players in the world. You got Paul George, arguably one of the top 10, 15 players in the world. Get to a final. And you've got a quote-unquote championship coach. Get to a final. That's it. I'm I don't want to hear any excuses anymore. Like, I'm with you. I, I, still, I still think this is a disappointment if you don't get to a final this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're too, they're too uh, Jekyll and Hyde for you, man. I don't know if they, if they get they're too. Jack- I don't think they're that good. I just, yeah. I, I watch that team and I'm just like, Paul George, they're Kawhi good when Kawhi, when Kawhi is like 
playing how he did in the last two games, they're they're going to be freaking tough, man. Because Paul George could chill on the perimeter and hit open threes. Like Paul George can like kind of play the guy who's off ball. Yeah. Kawhi is more the one who needs the ball in his hands. But if, if right. Kawhi could be what he was the past few games and Paul can kind of just hit clutch shots like he's been doing. And I think Paul's George like nine assists today. Like, yeah. he'll be fine. They still need a point guard. I don't love the point guard situation. I know Reggie Jackson played well in this series, but still, right. Right. You're, you're you're really relying on Reggie Jackson. Right, right, we've right. Seen, we've, we've seen that script before. It doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> you know, their bench, eh, it's not that great. Marcus right. Morris is okay. Yeah, I, I, there's still pieces of that team I don't really love. No, I get it. But... Yeah, they should they should be there at the end. They should be one of the teams that's there at the end, but we'll see. What do you what do you uh Oh, that's another thing too I wanted to get get uh before I got into the other games. Atlanta basically trying to have the ultimate meltdown of the ages. Um NBA, this has happened before. It's going to probably happen again. Can we stop this shit starting the second round while the first round is still technically going? Man, I it is one of yeah. It is one of my just biggest pet peeves. I, I I can't say it enough. I hate that shit. Like I do too. It's so annoying. It's so weird. It's so stupid. Like I get it. It's hard to schedule these games. You never know what's going to go the distance and whatnot. I understand that, but you can't start the second round and you've got a game seven coming up on Sunday. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't do that. That's stupid. I think I baseball starts the NLCS and the ALDS is still going like, no, you think football starting the uh, NFC Championship game and the, and the, that's the why wild card football. is going? That's why like, I love football, man. Because things make sense. Like, this is wild card weekend. This is championship weekend. Like it, it makes sense. I think baseball overlaps every once in a while, doesn't it? Am I? Am I? No, baseball no. does not. No, as far good. as I've been alive, no. The ALDS is going on. The NFCL starts. That I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Just just from a fan perspective, like it, it like having it segmented like that gets me in the it, it gets me in the mind right. frame. Like I, I went from watching a Sixers Hawks game one, which is kind of like, oh, feeling this out to like, oh shit, right. game seven. Like it's not right. It's weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Been, Plus I'm O C D, so I'm always gonna bring up these little nuances anyway, yeah, like the I'm uniforms and stuff. That yeah, just drives me insane. I think the only time that baseball's done it is like where I think they've had like a game seven, maybe earlier in the day and then like game one of like a championship series at night or something something like that and even that's not great but i at least i understand it that game set that first step preceding series and round is first right you can't have game one saturday night game one of another series at one o'clock and then oh hey game seven oh, of the seven, previous oh, the round <laughs> it's like yeah, what game seven supposed to be like the featured game like nothing's supposed to happen until that game seven happens right Right. I don't I don't want to know about the next round until until right. we figure this shit out. <laughs> right. There's a finality to game seven. And it yeah. just felt like, oh, it's just here. It's like it's like, like, it's like oh, watching okay. an episode of TV and then like stop pausing it and then going to the next episode, watching it, and then going back. It's doesn't make any it's sense. Weird. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> that's like Stupid. that's like that's like episode one of the second season of a show airing at one o'clock, yep. but the final season finale of season right. one is airing after it. It's like literally what? Exactly. <laughs> what? It is. I, I, I yeah, one of my pet peeves. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tangent. Tangent. Um yeah. yeah, so Clippers for sure. This is no more excuses. Um thoughts on then uh, I was going to start with the Nets box, but no, let's go to the Hawks because the Hawks, man, the Hawks almost had an implosion for the ages earlier in the game, um, early in the earlier in the day, I should say. Hawks, Sixers, Hawks come out with a with a much needed game one victory. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Hawks and the Sixers? What are your thoughts on that series? 
I mean, I, I, if you want to be honest, you, I thought the Sixers were going to beat the hell out of them today. So the fact that the Hawks went up as much as they did, even though they almost blew it, like the fact that they won the game is like, it doesn't matter. A game's a game. <laughs> you know right. what I mean, no matter how you get it. I was, this is what I don't get, Manny. And this blows my mind in every sport. There's like, especially, it happens a lot in football, but it happens in basketball too, where it's like, you have two going. of the best perimeter defenders on your team. You have Ben Simmons, who people say is probably the best um defender as, as a point guard like on your team you have mm-hmm. title who's same thing yep why it like it this is something that is so obvious that like i i can grab the casual basketball fan and they, they would make this right decision why in the world is danny green starting on trey young <laughs> what like it I, I, I don't like to me sometimes, and you see it a lot with like football too, like offensive coordinators that like, get like really fancy on a third and one yeah. play where it's just like, right. you run the they overthink football. it. They yeah, overthink it, it. it. But what is it to overthink? You literally have the best defensive point guard on your team. And if you don't want to use him, you, you have another perimeter player mm-hmm. like who could. And, and I know you're, you're going to get, they're going to get put in pick and rolls and like, like it's not just straight up. I, I, I get that. But come on, man! Like, yeah, what what is that? Has to be a sign. That has to be assignment for the whole game, right? No, I get it. I think the only thing that I can see rationally as the reason why that doesn't happen, as much as you or I would both like it, is like maybe I think coaches fear a getting in foul trouble, b that player getting tired or having a situation where you know obviously you get caught in pick and roll switching where it becomes an issue so i think and i think i think they want to conserve that matchup to late in the game where they feel like it's more of a value than in the first yes. quarter i don't necessarily agree with that i think that the first quarter is just as important as the fourth quarter because you set the tone um but that you, being but like, said, man, but, but there's two defenders I just named who I would put before Danny. Right, Green. right, right. You can right, switch right. back and forth. Like you don't have to have Ben on the whole time, you know. Well, and plus, Danny Green is still living off his reputation that he had in San Antonio. Yeah, he's, he's not, not that guy defender. He was no, the defeat team defender last year when he was at Lakers. Like, uh, yeah, no. I man, like to me, it's just like sometimes these coaches, like the like literally, like two plus two is five, and you're paid to <laughs> be like this, you know, basketball you know, savant. You know what I think it is? I think coaches sometimes when. I think they feel like when the obvious answer is so obvious, they find they talk themselves out of it. It's like, well, if it's so obvious, everybody's going to know. So we, this is this is how we show we're really smart. We do the opposite. So that shows you that it's like it's like, no, you're overthinking it. That's what it is. It's overthinking it. It's like but, it's, but this is Doc Rivers, who has won an NBA championship, was a game away from winning a second one. Like, like I, I, and you it happens to the best of them, man. It happens to the best of them, man. That, but that is such an obvious. I, I get what you're saying, man. But like, this is like the equivalent. I'm saying you're thing. right. I'm just, I, yeah, I, it, it, it boggles my mind. I, One yard line, Super Bowl on the line. We're going to pass the ball. Like, it's Pete Carroll. Like sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's like, like coaches just like, like, oh, we, we have one of the best running backs in the league who almost just took it in the play before that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, Give me, I will bet my life on Marshawn Lynch getting you a yard three straight times. You hand the fucking ball off. Right. <laughs> like, right. what, is, what is wrong with you? Like, this is obvious shit. Or you this sneak it in shit. with your running quarterback. <laughs> but hey, when, when hey. Bill, and also Bill Belichick's not calling a timeout, right? So the time's wasting. You know what I mean? Time's the clock's one on your of, side. One of the worst calls in sports history. But hey. But, but that's what I'm saying. Um, it's like, it's yeah. so, it's like this. Stuff no, is no, so I get what you're obvious. Saying. 
it's so obvious. Like how, like I shouldn't, and this is what I actually had this conversation with my father in the car today talking about Donald Trump. And I just, this is not, I'm not going to make it political, but I'm kind of making it political. And I was telling him, I was like, I never in my life want to feel smarter than the president of the United States of America. And for four years, I legitimately thought I was not just smarter than the president, like above and beyond smarter. And his cabinet, by the way? Like, yeah, logically, like everything. When it came to like economics, when it came to social justice, when it came to how the world works, when it came to like, I, I never want to feel that way. So when I watch Josh. basketball, I never want to feel smarter than an NBA head coach. Josh, first of all, you're wrong. It's we're back to brunch. The world is fixed. Everything is <laughs> no, everything no. is right now. And Joe Biden's president. So stop. Don't do that. Come on. But even the, the Trump was just a mirage. It was just a mirage. But even like what my beast with Joe Biden, right? Which don't get me started on the fucking in, infrastructure compromises he's going through right now. But like <laughs> even with my beast with Joe Biden, I don't think I'm smarter than Joe Biden. No, I don't. I don't think I'm smarter than him. I don't think I can sit in a conversation with Joe Biden and start having, talking about economics and how the world works. And he he will absolutely like run circles around me and what my knowledge he will because he's been in politics for the past 30 years and this is what he does do you get what i'm saying yeah no i, I think he's more experienced than you i don't that doesn't make him smarter than you i think he's smarter than me. like he's been he's been he's been in politics longer so yes he knows how politics but, works but if, right but if joe biden for instance right now and just i can't believe i took this in a political lane i'm sorry you did it you did it but like <laughs> you know republicans aren't going to sign off on anything you do Right. right. Like this is so fucking obvious. Right. Why are you trying to compromise? Like this is literally two plus two is four. You know what I mean? And it's moments like that where it's like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I know more than basketball than Doc Rivers, but there's like moments or two with, with head coaches where I'm like, I know this. I know right. this. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, there's no way in hell something this obvious to me. But that's why I think overlooked by you, and that's why the Doctor Rivers decision bothered me. But that's but that's why I think they overthink it, right? Because they, yeah. they get caught up into a lot. Of coaches have egos, man, and yeah. and and a lot of it is also like, well, you know, I have to prove how smart I am and how yeah. genius I am. That no, oh, everybody thinks I should do. Everybody thinks I should go left. I'm gonna go right. Right, right. Just cause it's just, right. there's a lot of that in it, man. You know, just knowing a lot of coaches that coach ego. in different arenas, it's, 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 ego. E it's, it's ego, man. It's just like, yo, sometimes it's like ego gets in the way. And that's the worst thing that can get in the way when it comes to coaching, man, because it's like, sometimes you, you have to, even if it's obvious that doesn't not make it the right decision. It's like, right. no, sometimes the best decisions are the obvious decisions to make. And it's like, you know, no, I'm with you 100%. Um, the one thing I will disagree with you is I think the Hawks had a hell of a shot in this series. Yeah, I look at these two teams and I'm like, the Hawks are more talented than the Sixers. Mm. Look, the, the Sixers have the best player. Let's start there. Every time you have the best player. Two best players. I take Ben over Trey. You're smoking. No way. <laughs> no way. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan. I'll be the first to say it. Trey Young. Ben Simmons is not in Trey Young's league. I'm sorry. He's not. No, no way. No way. <laughs> I disagree. I agree. I disagree. No way. Listen, I think the Sixers have some. Listen, I don't want to live in the moment and I don't want to be reactionary. Again, it's one game. Um, a lot of things can happen. The tenor of the series really hasn't been set yet, arguably yet. Um, but I think the Sixers have some, some matchup problems. Again, the Sixers to me are a team that's built for 82 games, but they're yeah. not necessarily built for a playoff series. To me, they have Joel Embiid, who obviously is great, goes without saying. But when your second best player is essentially a more athletic, better version of Draymond, 
that's a problem. Like Ben Simmons' issues is that he's basically Draymond Green, but he's asked to be something more that he can't be. Like he, I don't think Ben Simmons to uh, to be a championship team. Ben Simmons cannot be your second best player. He can't. I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. He he's not aggressive enough offensively. He's not he's not versatile. I shouldn't say he's not aggressive enough offensively. He's not versatile offensively, and he's just he's a net negative shooting mm. basketball. Net he's shooting. a net shooting. He's a net negative. At the, you know, at the I, don't think, line, I don't think it's a net negative on the offensive end, though. I think he does so much on the offensive end that it it, it weighs itself out. To be honest with you, he's yeah. But again, what he but what he does, but what he does to me is more conducive to being a third best option on a team on a great team. I'm talking about a truly great championship it team. Is scoring wise, Tobias Harris is more of a scoring option than Embiid is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Tobias. I mean, I mean Simmons is. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Even Tobias Harris, good player, nice. You yeah. Know, but yeah. It's it, it, Tobias Harris is going to get you hard on. Is he the guy that you're just like, oh, yeah, Tobias Harris, let's go, baby. Like, no, I, I to me, they're a very good team. But to me, Embiid is the guy. And if he's off or he's hurt, that team has some serious flaws. And I just don't think they can score the basketball enough. I think that the one thing that you know, the Hawks are going to score. Defensively, they're not gonna they're not shit, but they're gonna score the basketball. So I think the Sixers in this series are gonna have to score. And I just don't know if they can keep up with the Hawks. I just don't. I think defensively they'll be there. I think they'll bring the physicality, but I just think I think they have to pray for Trey Young and those guys to have a uh, to have a to have an off night. And I think the Sixers have to to lean on their defense to really make this a really good look. I'm not saying the Sixers are are done or they're gonna lose the series. I think this yeah. series, I, I think this is a six or seven game series. Right. But I think that the Hawks are in it. I really do. The Hawks showed me something because they went into MSG, a young team like that. They lose that game nine times out of 10. They didn't take their foot off their gas. The Knicks helped them, by the way, too. Yeah. But they could have easily blown that game. Yeah. They could easily lay down. Hey, we got game six in our building. Young team. Let's go home and clinch it there. No, they didn't. They kept their foot on the gas. They kept their intensity level. They they took it. They took the fight to the Knicks. That showed me a lot. This Hawks team is for real. Yeah, I don't know me, if they're there yet. Nate McMillan. Yeah, yeah. Nate McMillan. Just, no, they're for real, man. And they're going to be around for a while. To me, I here's the thing. <laughs> Again, take out that first quarter with Doc Rivers and that freaking decision that he made. This is a totally different game. If if Ben Simmons or Tybalt start on, <laughs> it, it sets a different tone. The Hawks. I don't think they come out as hot. You got to really Philly was keeping up with them for the first, well, for the first half of the first quarter. Yeah. I think Philly, I think they're the better team. They're better defensively. I think once Doc figures out what he want, what works defensively, I think you see that Hawks offense. It's not going to be what what it was in game one. It's going to be more like it was in the second half. I, I think Philly's a better team. I think they have options. I think Seth Curry's huge. I think if Seth is hitting his threes, that opens up the floor. Um, I think if Tobias gets going, they'll be fine. I, I think they're fine. I do. I I think. Um, the Hawks are going to make it a series. I had the Sixers in six to start it off. So, you know, and that's what the healthy, that's what the Embiid playing. You know, if, if, if Embiid goes down, my tone might change. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Embiid, who knows? He's got a slight meniscus tear. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows if he's always had it or if it's always been there and it's just. That shit is whacked. I, I had a meniscus tear, man. I played with the meniscus tear and that it limits your mobility. You did. Yep. You. Yeah. You same. Yeah. I've had it. I've had it and an ACL. So I know, I know it very well. Um, obviously I don't sit, I don't sit here and try to pretend like I'm some NBA player, but I, I, I can imagine that being a, an issue that compromises you. Look, I, 
I got to assume that he's healthy if he's playing and he did put up what 28, 30 points tonight. So um, I have to assume that he's good enough to play at least in this series. You're right. If he goes in, I think this is a completely different series. Look, I don't think I'm not saying the Hawks are going to win. I just think the Hawks are right there. I don't think this is the mismatch. This is a really good series. And again, I look at the roster and I'm like, outside of Embiid, which is he's Embiid. He's the guy. He's the best player on the court. Right. After him, I think the Hawks have an advantage everywhere else. Like, I think Bogey's better. Yeah, I do. I think Bogey's better than everybody else on the Sixers. You think think Tobias? Bogey? Yeah. Tobias is more consistent. But I think, I think Bogey's, he's not better than, I think I'd take Bogey over. Come on, Manny. Simmons. What does Simmons do well? I don't like Ben Simmons. He does everything well, except, except shoot the basketball, but he doesn't need to shoot the basketball. He shoots like 50% from the floor. Yeah. Okay, I won't take him over Simmons, but listen, you can, you, I like, you can convince me Trey over Simmons. You can you convince me of that. Trey over I Simmons. Just, Trey over Simmons for sure. Right. So if it, all right, Embiid's the best player. Trey's the second right. best player. Right. I'll ben. give you Ben Simmons as the third best player. Tobias. After that, Tobias. Tobias, John Collins. Tobias. Tobias. Come on, uh, Manny. It's not uh, by much. John Collins, by the way, with a freaking posterizing alley oop, man. Oop. John, that kid's scratching the surface of how yeah, he is. Be. Yeah, he is. That's the thing. Like the upsides on the Hawks. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I oh, in two years and two years from now, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. <sighs> maybe finals for sure. Maybe if, this if, year. If keep... Maybe this year, man. Maybe I, it's again. Possible. Don't listen. The Sixers, don't be shocked. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Sixers blow because that's a typical Sixers thing to do. So like, it wouldn't shock me. But I, I think the Sixers are the better team. And they're better, they're way better defensively. If, I, if I'm going to pick one team to get stopped at the end of the game, it's going to be the Sixers. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that you have on your side there is that the Sixers yeah. are, are miles better defensively. But I kind of look at this thing as the same. Obviously, it doesn't have the same dynamics as the Knicks series because obviously the Knicks don't have a Joel Embiid. But I think the problem that's going to come down to is offensively. If the Hawks are hot or if the Hawks manage to kind of figure out what Doc is trying to do to, do to him, try to take away Trey Young and they could get production from If they could kind of keep it manageable and let Trey Young just go off in the fourth court. And I know the Sixers are going to do everything in their power to kind of keep that happening. To me, I just, I, I think that no matter what you do, I think the Hawks are going to score. I think that I, so I, I just, I don't. You, you, you sound like you're taking the Hawks in this. Like, <laughs> man. Uh, you, shit. you sound like you gripped it a little bit here. <laughs> I am going to take Sixers in seven. Okay. I, 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 reserve the, six. I reserve the right to change my mind. Nah, you know what? I'm going to take Sixers in seven, but I will I'll, not be no, surprised. I, I, will give you, I will give you the reserve to the right to change your mind if MB goes down because I want that same right. Okay. Yeah. Sixers and seven, but I reserve my right to change. Okay. Um, Sixers yeah. and six. I got six. You know what would tell me a lot about this series? I, I want to see how the Hawks come out in game two. Bro, if the Hawks win game two. <laughs> That's a whole. That's listen, man. And let's be honest, the Hawks should have won this game by twenty. They did yeah. everything in their power to give away yeah. that game. The last three minutes of, of that of that game, like they literally yeah. were offering it on a silver platter to the Sixers. And give credit to the Sixers. They 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 made the plays to to get it to that point. But let's be fair, the Hawks were trying their hardest to blow this game. So. 
I, it's an interesting series. It's a really interesting series that I'm going to be For paying real. a lot of attention to because I like it. It's a, it's, it's an interesting matchup that I think can go either way. I really do. Um, but smart money would have to still be on the Sixers because they have the best player, um, arguably the best coach, um, better defensively. Those are always uh, good categories to have if you're a team. I just, I don't know, man. The Hawks are coming. The they Hawks are. are coming. They're going to be around for a while. Kind of pisses me off. Yeah, I know, right? Atlanta gets this fucking squad that has the potential to be fucking (laughs) (laughs) that terrible ass city and fan base. Um, They don't deserve it. Yeah, they don't deserve it. They'll be they'll be typical Atlanta. The Hawks are like the next Golden State, and they'll you know there won't be any fans at the Eastern Conference Finals. But hey, (laughs) that's that's Atlanta for you. Um, What are your thoughts on uh, Nets Sixers? Disappointed in the Bucks. I, I thought they'd have a better showing. I, I was really impressed with the way the Nets moved the basketball. Harden goes down, and you could easily like just kind of pack it in, sort of thing. But I was really impressed with how the Nets like ran offense. I mean, they were whipping the ball around the perimeter, driving and kicking. Kyrie and K- Katie getting everybody involved, hitting shots. Mm-hmm. You get players like Mike James and Bruce Brown making an impact. Like Nick Claxton playing defense on Chris Middleton. Like, like mm-hmm. it was nothing. I mean fantastic defense on Middleton. Yep. It, they just, it's one of those things where it's like, they get a lot of crap. I'm going to say get a lot of crap, but a big question mark with the Nets is like how they're going to respond defensively. And to me, like they've rotated fine. I'm not saying they were like the Lakers or like one of the better defensive teams in the league, but they rotated fine. And when you have players like Nick Claxton and Mike James and Bruce Brown and Blake Griffin with his effort, a lot of defenses effort, you know, yeah, and you absolutely. have players like, you know, the Kyrie's are kind of aloof and James Harden's kind of aloof because they're more focused on, 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 on the offensive side. But when you right. have like, when you have like KD, who's a plus defender and then three other people who give a fuck and like want to win and are trying and are to their, and their own kind of good defenders, like that makes a big difference. And defensively, man, if, if they can play like that defensively for the rest of the playoffs, they're winning the championship. I don't see anybody beating them, especially if Harden gets back. Uh, Brooklyn is the team to beat. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I, I don't think you saw anything last night that uh, changes that. They if they don't win a championship, there should be a federal investigation. Honestly, like they they <laughs> like there should there should be a fucking release the Fauci emails. Release the Fauci emails. Yeah, that needs, <laughs> <laughs> we need to release the the Adam Silver emails. He, he he jinxed it. He booked it. He booked it so the Nets don't win. No, seriously, man. I mean, they they are head and shoulders the clear favorite. I mean, it's just, it's not even, I mean, you can't even argue it. I, I, you watch that team and it's just like, they should easily win a championship, especially now with the Lakers out, the Clippers being the Clippers. I don't see anybody in the West that competes with them. Maybe Utah, even then, I, I'm not so sure. Nah, yeah, I just, man. I think it's Brooklyn, man. I, I, I think they are so head, so much head and shoulders above everybody else. I agree. That again, it should just be it. It should literally be an investigation if they don't win. Obviously, okay, it's sports. I, you got to play the games. Yeah. Things can happen. An injury, i.e., Harden. If this is more serious than what it is, KD. Yeah. Something happens. Obviously, guys don't play well. Look, if the Nets don't win a championship, it's because of the Nets. I agree. I really believe that. If they don't win a championship, they have a meltdown. They fall apart. They have a you know KD has a LeBron 2011 Finals moment. That type of thing. That's that's the only thing I could see happening. Other than that, I, I just don't see anybody beating them. I mean, they're yeah. so good. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest competition to me, I think the Bucks match up better than like the Sixers kind of, I, I tried convincing myself that the Sixers could probably knock them off in a seven game series. But the more I think about it, the more I, ju- I just can't see no. them scoring with the Nets. Although, you know, I do think they're good defensively. Like you're already having trouble with Bogdanovich and Trey Young. Can you imagine what you're going to be with Harden, <laughs> Kyrie and Kevin Durant? Yeah. I, th- I think the Bucks probably with their length, with their size, um, with their three point shooting, probably are the one team you can convince me can knock off the Nets in a seven game series. But after seeing game one, I mean, I don't know how that's going to happen. Granted, the Bucks just couldn't hit a three. So sometimes you got to take that. They'll shoot better. They'll yeah, shoot better. The Bucks will shoot better. Outside of Brooke Lopez, no one gave Giannis anything. Middleton was awful. There was there was just nothing outside of out of Giannis and Middleton. So you got to figure they're going to play better. They yeah. need some answers defensively because the Nets just, I mean, whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted, they. Got what would you there. do? What would you do? Put your coaching hat on. What would you do? You got to. Here's the thing: if it, when you have two or three supers for me, you got to limit everybody else. You can't have Joe Harris going for 20. <laughs> you know what I mean, you can't right. have Matt James getting like 14 points. You can't have Bruce Brown getting 12. You can't have Blake Griffin going for 18. I would, I, I, I just, I just wouldn't, I, I would like Durant and Kyrie kind of get theirs and just limit everybody else. If that makes any sense. That's, that's what I would do personally. Cause if you try to get the ball to Kyrie's hands, it's going to go to Durant. You can't double any of these, one of these guys because their ball movement's too smooth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I would figure out some type of game plan where I just limit everybody else because you Durant and Kyrie, they're going to give you buckets. It just is what it is. This is what it is, but I wouldn't give them the three, like Budenholzer plays like this laid back, like give them the three type. Yeah. You can't do that with this team. This team's too freaking talented to, to give them the three ball. You got to press up on them. I'd put I would put Giannis on KD and I would put like probably like Middleton on Kyrie with his size and everybody else. If you beat me, you beat me. But I got I got length on both of your best players. Period. I know Middleton on Kyrie sounds like a little bit of overkill, but no, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick you on Kyrie. You, you shoot over me, shoot over me, go by me. Yeah, um, I think that when you have a team like the Nets, where you have, you can make the argument that they have three great players. Yeah, I, I think it's like having a great quarterback in yeah. football, where you're playing that quarterback. Like if you're like if like if I'm playing Mahomes, right, and I'm you know, the Browns. I know I need to put up points. I'm not going to beat Patrick Mahomes 17-10. I'm most likely going to have to score 30 points to beat Patrick Mahomes. Like even if Patrick Mahomes struggles, you know that he's good enough to at the very least get you 24 to 28 points on a bad day. And that's the same thing when you're playing against a team like the Nets, where it's like KD and Kyrie and James Harden can all have off nights, and you know that team is still going to to at the very least put up 120 points. Right. So I think the Bucks have to score in this series. They have to put their Agreed. best offensive lineup out there, and I don't know three. what that they lineup. Have to, they, they have to hit the three. three. They have yeah. to hit the three. Giannis has to be the second best player on the court. Like, if not the best, he has to be the second best player on the court. And Middleton and Drew have to play exceptionally well. Like, they can't have off nights like they had the night before. So that's a lot of pressure on the Bucks to say, like, yo, we need our three best players to be great every single night. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Nets don't necessarily have to do that. I think the Bucks do. And that's why I think the difference is in this series, you know, can I think Giannis will be okay because I don't think the Nets have anybody that can really bother Giannis. You know, you can have KD on him at times, but I don't think that's necessarily an ideal matchup. Um, not saying that KD can't hold his own. I just I wouldn't do that. Um 
I, I just think that the Nets, I just think the Bucks just they need Drew Holiday to step up and play well. And it's and it's actually twofold because they need Drew Hol- they need Drew Holiday to not only play well offensively, but they need his defense. Especially on Kyrie he's, late. He's the, the X factor in all this. If if he could I, I, I just said put Middleton on, on Kyrie because of the length, but like mm-hmm. Kyrie went off went off. like Drew Holiday is supposed to be like, and he is the best one of the best defenders mm-hmm. in this league. That can't happen. No, that can't, that happen. can't happen. You you can't let you can't let Kyrie into the paint to, to get him to kick it out and, and and move the ball. Like that that just can't happen. I mean, and I and I said this before. I think the reason why the Bucks can beat the Nets, you convinced me that the one team you can convince me is the Bucks is because defensively, like you can put Giannis right. on Katie, you can put Middleton and Harden, you can put Drew Holiday on Kyrie, or you can switch it up or, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. if there's pick and roll situations, like you can switch certain 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 things. Right. Um, they got to play better defensively, and they have to hit the three. And I just think in game one they didn't do any of that. But it wouldn't surprise me, man, if this goes six or seven. It really wouldn't. If, if, no, I don't. I don't want to be reactionary off of yeah. one game. It was a bad game. So, and and plus the Bucks were coming off a layoff too. So that yeah. also did probably help as well. Um, I think this is a series where they're going to miss Dante Divincenzo because I think they're going to miss that other guy that can kind of create his own shot and also yeah. can hit the three. I think that I, I think they're going to miss Divincenzo in the series a lot. Um, I'd almost be tempted to double Kyrie or at least trap Kyrie constantly and just just because I think KD KD's unstoppable on his own, but when he has Kyrie out there just floating around, just able to, yeah. you know, just get any get get any shot that he wants. It's it's like it's just yeah. it's it's over, right? And I'm just talking about it strictly if you don't have the James Harden effect. If he has James Harden, I mean forget it. That's three guys right there that easily can go off for 50 in yeah. a in a blink of an eye, right? Well, I just think that I, I I think if Harden is out. I think that you almost have to try to contain Kyrie the best way possible. And that means trapping him on every play or trying to trap yeah. him on every play, double him as much yeah, as you can about, within reason. You, yeah. You, you would rather have break Blake Griffin shoot a three. Right. Because my yeah. thing is if I double, if I double Kyrie and I don't let Kyrie get his, you're going to have to prove to me that Joe Harris can beat me for four games. You're going to have to prove to me that Blake Griffin can beat me for four games. I know KD. I know KD is going to go off. I know KD is going to do his thing. I say, God bless him. If KD is going to beat me, he's going to have to score 50. Go ahead. I'll, I will give you every opportunity to go to fuck off. I'm going to double and trap Kyrie, and I'm going to make Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, Claxton, you know, Mike James, Bruce, you know, Bruce Brown. I'm going to let these guys beat me. Can they beat me for four games? And if they can, God bless them. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's, that's totally opposite what I said, but I think what you said makes more sense. But I think that... It, it kind of killed him in the first game. Right? And it's easier said than done. Easier yeah. said than done, by the way. Blake too. Griffin, like Blake Griffin just went for 18, right? Because they let him shoot the three and he just ended up killing him. Like I'm not, me personally, I'm not comfortable with Joe Harris shooting a wide open three. I'm <laughs> just not. I'm not um, either. I get yeah. it. It's easier said than done. And no, but you, you would rather I, that than, than Katie and Kyrie killing you. I well, because then what's the, what's the alternative then? Right. right. Because again, and I, and the only reason I bring that up as an alternative is because I'm not confident that you're going to get three great performances for four straight games out of Giannis, Drew, and Chris Middleton. Maybe you get two and a half, maybe three, four. And that's what they're going to need. They need Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton to be great right? for and them to have a chance in the series. On both sides of the ball. See, my thinking is like, I would rather try to force the Nets into like some type of hero ball thing because they will get into that. Kyrie will play hero ball. Katie will play hero ball. Right. So for me, like if you double Kyrie or if you double Katie, you're kind of forcing them to move the basketball. And I'm a huge proponent. And like, if everyone's touching the ball, the ball's moving, you have no chance. 
like you right. just don't. Like I, I would rather have the ball in Kyrie's hands and have him dancing or KD dancing and Joe Harris and Blake Griffin, they're cold all game and they're not contributing to anything. To me, like if you double, you're you're pretty much forcing ball movement. <laughs> if that makes any sense, I get what you're no, saying. No, I, I you're, you're, I agree. I yeah. still think the ultimately though, I still think you got to score to beat the Nets. You got to yeah. score to beat the Nets and then play clutch defense down in the end to try to beat them. And I, yeah. I just don't know if Milwaukee can do that because again, you know, the one thing I will say, the Nets haven't really faced any adversity. I mean, I guess you can count not having Harden in the first couple of minutes of the game. Not they really haven't faced any adversity. I want to see what this team does. You know, the, the one game they lost in Boston, you know, Boston kind of went off in the second half. That right. doesn't really count. Um, you know, I want to see them down five with a minute left, you know, in a tie chucking up shots. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I want to see that situation and we may not get it. I don't know, but I want to see them in that situation and see what really happens. Or I actually want to see them where they lose and they're down. Oh, one in a series how they come out, what's the intensity level like, what, you know, I, I, that's a lot to see. You're going to learn a lot about the Nets when they actually face some adversity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they go through it. Learn a lot about Budenholder, too, to see if he's stubborn. Let's see if he does anything. See it's a big series for him, man. It's a big series for him. I agree. You know, in a way, I kind of feel like the Bucks have no pressure, but in a way they do, because it's like, if not now, when? It's like, Jesus. Exactly. Right? But yeah. um, I just, I get, the thing that would worry me about the Bucks though, is like, man, those three guys have to play great every night. It's Every night they can't yeah. have an off night, and I'm not saying Drew Holiday has to go for 40, but I mean he's got to he's got to at least give you 17 play, to yeah. 24 points. And you're right, they do have to score. You're 1,000 percent correct on that, but like you have too good of a defensive team for them to chop you up the way they did last game. I mean, just yeah. absolutely chop them up. You right. do have to score. You were 1,000 percent about that. You, they got to hit the three. They got to play better. But I, I didn't think the Nets as good as they are and as talented as they are. Like I didn't expect Blake to go off like that. Like, like the, the ancillary pieces did way more mm-hmm. than I thought they would. And I'm not sure if that My, carries into Milwaukee. I think when they, when the series goes back to Milwaukee, you're not going to see those guys make a difference. I agree. And, and that's, and that's what I'm banking on too, is that I don't, I don't think you'll see that type of, I don't think they'll kill their defense like that for four straight games. I think their defense will definitely make the adjustments. Hopefully, hopefully we'll it is we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think that they'll, I think the defense will play better, but I just think ultimately, even the defense can be better. I still think they need to score, you know, they just need to score because I trust the Bucks defense more than I do their offense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, overall, though, man, I think we have some really interesting matchups in the postseason. I, I really do. I think it's this fun, round man. is going to be very Anyone interesting. Like, it's, it, yeah. All this whole no. old small market. And we'll see. No, these are like, I'm, I'll tell you what, if we get a Jazz Suns Western Conference finals, that's going to be fun as hell. I don't care what anybody says. I agree. And you give me a net Sixers at whatever one healthy, that's going to be fun. That's what I'm hoping for. Listen, when when I think sm- the small market thing from a ratings perspective, look, is the is the the housewife in Idaho going to does she know who Devin Booker is? No. Does she care about the Suns? No. And those are the people that drive ratings. Those are the those are the those are the casual fans that all sports wants to reel in, right? They want to reel in the casual fan that doesn't pay attention. Those are the guys that drive advertising. Those are the guys. They already have us. We're going right. to watch it. We're going to watch a finals if it's Utah and Milwaukee. You know, is the housewife is the housewife in Idaho going to watch it? Yeah, no, that sounds, that she's sounds not. Disgusting. You know, is yeah. the is the is the is the guy that isn't much of an NBA fan, but he's a football fan. Is he going to watch? You in know, Alabama, Utah, right? Yeah. right? He's is he going to watch Utah Bucks? No, he's going to watch yeah. Lakers Bucks. Who's who's Donovan you know? Mitchell? Who's this guy? <laughs> There's black people in Utah. What? <laughs> 
No, nah, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the Western Conference is it's really fun this year. There's some new blood. I think you're I think the ultimate theme I think you're seeing this year is that you're starting to see that next generation really kind of take their yeah, that's kicking the theme that of door. This year. That's the yeah, theme. that's the theme of this Devin year. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Ja, you know, Trey Young. Trey Young, you know, obviously Tatum, you know, um, who else? Trey Young, you said, yeah. um, you're you're seeing that next generation kind of, you know, it's not the the same old same olds with Steph and LeBron and James Harden, and right. I mean, obviously those guys are still a factor, but you know, you're you're starting to see that next generation of superstars, you know, the guys that I think will dominate this decade. You know, we this might be the first the first of many matchups between Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell going forward. This might be the you know, and the then Jazz. obviously Luke. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously Luca's in that equation. Who knows when Zion makes it to the postseason? You know, we'll right, see what right. happens there. I mean, it's 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 just it's fun. You start seeing that next crop that that has next the torch, group. baby. Right, yeah. right. So uh that's that's the theme of this postseason uh for me. And uh it's gonna be fun, really fun matchups all throughout. Um I think the only one that I'm not like I'm gonna even say that because I think that's an interesting matchup too. I think the Denver Phoenix matchup is interesting too. I think they're all good. I think they're all good. And uh, oh, we didn't even talk about that. What's your, what do you got for Phoenix and Denver? I got Phoenix. I just think Denver without Jamal Murray, there's only so far you can go. I, I you know, to me, I'm really disappointed in the Blazers. There's no reason why you have the three best guards in the wow. series, and like in and and to me, I think guards win you. Ser- like I think guard play wins you. You know, playoff series or games in the playoffs. Your best player, especially in today's NBA. Game. Yeah, they're like. There's just, I don't care how bad you are defensively. There's no way Austin Rivers and Monty Morris, who I love, by the way, love Monty Morris. I do too. I do too. There's no reason why they should be outplaying CJ McCollum and Norm Powell. And I'm not, I don't even mean from like a points perspective. I don't care if CJ and Norm had more points. I'm just talking about from like an overall impact of a game. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, the I don't know what's up with that team, man. Like they have too much talent to be. As average, I wouldn't say they're average, but as like underwhelming as they are, slightly there's, there's above no, average. There's no, they're reason. average. They're average. Yeah. They're six. No they're they're, they're above average. They're above average. Too, they have too much talent. That team has too that, much. That talent. team has too much talent. They're starting lineups ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's what, that's what tell that tells me that there's a coaching issue. So Stotts being gone. Stotts is, and you know, I like Terry Stotts, but I, I, you know, sometimes man, a coach just that voice gets old, man. It just happens in every sport. You know, sometimes a guy's been there for too long. Stats has been there a long time, a long time. I mean, he was there before Dame, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Was Stats there before Dame? I don't know, but he's been there for a while. You're right. He's been there for a while. You know, that sometimes that that that, that <laughs> the, the same plays just don't resonate anymore. The same voice, the same pregame speech just doesn't resonate anymore. Yeah, and sometimes you just need the word saying he was unhappy with how he was being used. Like, yeah, know. that's never a good look. Um, obviously it's, I don't, I don't like always just blaming the coach because I think that's an E that's low hanging fruit. I you agree. Know, player, coaches, coach, players play, players need to play better. Um, but that team was so bad defensively and, you know, that team has some serious issues and they're kind of at a crossroads right now because you know, they have this, not kind of, <laughs> yeah, they are at a crossroads, <laughs> you know, they, they, they really have to kind of look at themselves in a the mirror and say, okay, what do we want to be? What kind of team are we? Like, what are we, you know, what is this franchise going to look like? You know, obviously I don't, I don't think Dame is going anywhere and I don't think they're getting rid of Dame, but I think they have to start looking at it. Like, okay, does Dame and CJ work? No. Does this work? You know, do we need, and if we do keep Dame and CJ, 
how do we make it work? What do we add? What kind of coach do we bring in? What kind of players do we bring in to make this happen? They are at a crossroads for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, I'm glad Jason Kidd took himself out of the consideration for coaching. Uh, first of all, I don't think Jason Kidd's a good coach anyway. So <laughs> explain to me how this man keeps getting opportunities. It's he's all, he, cause he's Jason Kidd and it's he's a hall ridiculous. of famer. And because he was a great point guard, so people feel, you know how it is with great players, and people think that that translates Jeez. over to great coaching. How many times do I have to tell people, just because you were a great player does not mean you were a great coach? Very few great players become good coaches. Very few. You're muted. Or executive, hint, hint, Michael Jordan. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, very few. It, 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 it happens very rarely. So, um, yeah, I, I, that, that team... What would you do? What would you do if you're Neil? I, I, by the way, I think he needs to be fired too. By the way, yeah, Neil, Neil, he does. Um, I would, I would trade CJ for who? I would trade, I would trade CJ. I don't know for who. I mean, I, I think this is. I, I don't think Blazer fans would like this, but I think a CJ for Paul George trade would make sense for both teams. Um, Agreed. So I think that's one op, one thing. I have a friend who told me that he thinks that if you trade CJ for like Tim Hardaway Jr. and KP like a new fresh start with KP and maybe he can work off Dame. You'd be taking a chance there, but it's, it's also like <sighs> you get a shooter in, in Tim Hardaway and you also get KP and I don't know, but I would, I would trade. I would definitely trade CJ. I, I think the CJ for Paul George thing makes the most sense. Cause now you have somebody opposite side Covington who can, you know, play the mm-hmm. wing and play some defense mm-hmm. at the same time. And then you have Nurk in the middle. I keep Nurk, and I would probably run a little bit more of a high pick and roll offense with Nurk, or get him more involved in the post instead of running like this five wide and just have Dame. And you can keep Norman Powell. Norman Powell can replace CJ if if you can resign him. Right, he's going to cost some money. So that's what I would do. I think they need to change their offense. Their offense was ridiculous, but at the same time, like it was very predictable. So like if you get into the playoffs, like it's like all right, Dame's bringing the ball up, and it's it's five wide basically, maybe a pick and roll with Nurk, and that's it. You need to get Nurk the ball in the post. You need to run sets for Norm. You got to run stagger screens. You got to do different things. You know, in the playoffs, like you need those type of things. So I think that's what I would do. I'd run a little more of like a traditional half court set um, and get Nurk more involved and have a presence mm. down low. So it's not just damn and perimeter guys. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah um, I, I agree. I think it may be time to reevaluate the CJ um, dynamic there. Um who do you trade him for? Maybe a three-team trade. I, I wouldn't mind CJ on the Lakers. Like if you could swing some sort of like a three-team trade or whatever. CJ would be uh, for the Lakers. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Hell, even Norman Powell. <laughs> like even Norman Powell. Norm would. I, Norm actually might be better because he doesn't need the ball. Step and shoot. Right. Plays D. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, those kind of guys that I have my eye on. You know, it's kind of like, like to me, Norman Power CJ would be the, like, the perfect third option where it's like, yeah, those are guys that are just perfect. They can fill in. They can do a lot of different things. Norman probably is a little bit better, like you said. Yeah, as far as the CJ, I mean, I, it's it's too early to tell, who, to, you know, play the, I guess we could play the trade machine game and who's who goes where, what makes the cat works, that sort of thing. I don't know. You, you what know, about Carl Anthony? Carl Towns? He, I, yeah. I, I heard rumors that he would go. Ah, Carl Anthony, he's interesting because now if you get Carl Anthony Towns right, that means you don't have Nurk. Nurk. Yep. So is that is that really an upgrade? Is it? Yeah, that's an upgrade over Nurk. I wouldn't say Carl Anthony Towns is better. Oh, now you're like is Carl Anthony Towns better than Nurk? No, yeah, he. And I'm not even, and I'm not even like the biggest Carl Anthony Towns fan. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that in the sense of like it's debatable. He is better, but like, is Mm -hmm. he gonna like take you over the top? 
Like, is he the yeah. answer? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, because Carl Anthony Towns. See, that's, it's, it's difficult to say because I guess it's what you perceive. Is there a perception of Carl Anthony Towns, right? Do you think Carl Anthony Towns is that player that literally changes the way the team team is built and constructed? And he, like, he elevates that team. Do I think he elevates Portland? I think he's an upgrade over what they currently have. Does he elevate yeah. Portland? No, because I have to see what the other what the other moves that are obviously if you're trading. So let's you would have to see. Okay, what are what are what are you trading, Carlin? What are you trading Minnesota to get Carlin Towns? Obviously, any Nurk. deal would have to be Nurk. Nurk and a player. Honestly, that's all you really need. Nurk and I don't, a player. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I don't think Carlin like it'd be like Nurk and Simons and Nurk Simons a, dr- a couple draft picks maybe a pick. Maybe, maybe, um, yeah. But then, of course, you have okay. You have Dame. You have Covington. You have Towns. Does CJ stay in this equation? Then no. You're still trading CJ. So then you have to see okay what you're what you're getting rid of CJ for. Now, if you get Paul George and you have Dame, Paul George, and Carlton Towns, that's too many solid. guys. Too many guys. You for think me? so? Yeah. Because I, I think guys. Paul George could play off the ball. I don't. I don't think Paul, Paul George doesn't need the ball. I get what you're saying, though. I get True. what you're saying. Same with True. Covington. Covington don't need the ball. Just when he's Covington, like, I I actually love the Covington Towns. Yeah. Uh, duel there in the in the front. If I'm open, post. I'll shoot it. If not, you don't gotta give me the ball. I just gotta yep. be a threat from the outside. Paul George can yep. play that role. And then when Dame is out, you can have Paul George kind of handle the ball a little bit. I think I think that would be cool. You know, it'd be interesting too. CJ for Julius Randle. Ooh, that would be very interesting. Although I. I think a lot of people would see that as a downgrade. For the Knicks, I think it'd be great. The only thing that worries me with CJ, he's just terrible defensively. He's yeah, he's always and he's always hurt. Yeah. But like to have someone like CJ who can just give the ball to and say, here, go win us a game. <laughs> just go score. See, it's weird. CJ's a closer. I, like, I don't want to rely 82 games on CJ. But I just want, like, if I could get CJ for like twenty five games in a regular season and like a right. full healthy postseason run, great. CJ as your best player for eighty two games, it's a little bit unfair because we've never seen it. So it's kind of like, okay, well, we don't yeah. know because we've never seen yeah. him in that position. You know, maybe he could be a guy that averages twenty seven when he's the guy. I don't know. I'll say this: like, if 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 you replace CJ with Julius Randle, I mean, if you place, yeah, if you put CJ on the Knicks during this Hawks run, I'm not saying they beat the Hawks, but there's no way that it goes five in the way it went. It, it's seven. Yeah, it's sure. It seven. Six or seven. Yeah. CJ wins this yeah. one game. Doesn't he? Doesn't play the way Julius plays. Right. But I, I just think that Blazers fans will look at that as kind of a downgrade. It's like, okay, we're trading CJ for a consistent all-star at least borderline all-star for but someone who can like bang in the interior julius is a good defender julius can play v right i no, i like i like the julius matchup especially if you're telling me i'm keeping covington too i like yeah. julius and covington a lot although yeah. it kind of you you're starting to get then. a little redundant because then you're sitting in a situation where you don't really have well are you getting nerd you, you you said you're keeping nerd in that situation yeah i can get rid of him but like he doesn't clash with nerd because julius no he doesn't cla- but he clashes with covington kind of though kind of yeah, because Julius is not necessarily a wing, but Covington can just chill on a three-point line. True, true. But he's not really a three, and Covington right. isn't really a three, so it just kind of gets a little weird. I, I think, yeah, I think, and I just think Julius might need the ball in his hands a little too much for Dame. True. So that's maybe it. that's what it is. To me, I, Dame I, is, it'd be interesting. 
Yeah. Be, it gives it I, gives the Blazers another look though out of offense though because I, like I said I think their offense became too predictable. Like at times you can put the ball in Julius's hands and run a point forward type thing. True. So I I think it makes them more diverse offensively, and I think that defensively it makes them better too on the interior, which they got beat up in, in by big men all season. So I think we have different options. Ideally, it's Paul George or Cat. Yeah, I agree. Paul George I and Cat would be a would be an absolute home run for Blazers. Oh absolute yeah, yeah, that'd be a home run. I just don't know if they could swing both, but if no. they could, man, man, that'd be that'd be crazy. That's, that's a solid. That's a solid team. Yeah, that's a that's a really good team. That's a really good team. So yeah, we'd have to definitely see. I mean, it's too early. It's we're still got we're still in the playoffs. We'll have yeah. plenty of time to play the summer games with who's going where and you know musical chairs and all that good stuff. And but, then it depends who the coaches too. Because if you have if you hire like who would you hire as a coach? That's a that question. I don't know. To me, I think you I think you need to figure out what you what type of team you want to run. If you want to go more defensively, like you got to get a more defensive minded coach. If you want to just run and gun all day, get Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> just depends on what you want to do. Yeah, give me a name. Got to give me a name. Gun Jeff to your Hangman. head. Jeff Water Hangman. gun to your head. Sorry, water gun to your head. <laughs> Jeff we have, we have gun control on this show. <laughs> Jeff Gundy. Um, no, there's, there's a guy in there says in Vanderpool. I think his name is. Yeah, they seem to like. I don't know anything about him though. I don't know anything about him either. Yeah. Um, Jawan Howard. Oh, I like that. Does he want to? I don't know. Pros? I don't. I don't know if he's ready to leave Michigan right now. I feel like he's like the he's like the next Coach K of college basketball. If he's I feel like I feel like I feel like he's the next kind of like Jim Harbaugh type, where I think he's going to do well in college, and then he's going to go to the NBA. Somebody's going to throw him a bag. He's going to do really well if you let him just kind of do his thing. Um, I don't know. I would call Jawan Howard and be like, "Yo, how much? How much would it cost?" There like, really isn't like a coaching pool out there where it's like, "Oh, it's not like in football or even in baseball where every year you kind of have a pool." And the NBA is kind of like every year is kind of you know, kind of crazy. These guys just come up. If I'm completely honest with you, Terry Stiles is probably the most desirable name right now. The guy they let go. Yeah, I can see Terry Stiles getting another job somewhere, especially for a young team. A young team, yeah. Uh, uh, Probably goes to Orlando. Orlando, Steve, Steve Orlando just got fired. Orlando just keeps to be like the revolving door of just coaches. Jesus Christ, Orlando! Um, I can't see there isn't there isn't like that home run candidate. I think you, you know what? I think Becky Hammond should get a job this year. I would love for Becky Hammond to get a job. I think the Spurs are grooming her though to be the eventual. She, yeah, maybe. I think, I think. Yeah, I think eventually. She takes over Pop's position. I'll be shocked. I think I think they're grooming her for that. What about uh, what's his face that's been there for a while too? Um, Messina, what's his name? Yeah, or, but I I don't know. It's it's I have no evidence to support I'm what I'm saying. It's just a feeling. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more feelers too, Messina. I'm surprised. Like, if you come from the Popovich tree, you should be on demand. Yeah. Like, it, it, like yeah. almost like similar to the Belichick tree, right? Right. What about some of these college coaches too, like Musselman and and uh, I'm surprised Musselman hasn't gotten more calls about going. Young guy has NBA roots. I could yeah. see somebody chasing after Musselman, maybe. Maybe. Um, like you said, there isn't really that one guy. The NBA seems to be like the league of retreads. Like I like yeah. even Lloyd Pierce is a guy that's been considered for now, Lloyd. Lloyd. The way he. It's not fair. He, he didn't really have a lot to work with when he was he there, the whole team, then, but yeah. right. But the way the, for as much as like 
Nate McMillan succeeded, like that does not look good on you. No, you no, you're right. It does not at all. So, and hell, even Mike D'Antoni, like the guy that just has more lives than a cat. Like, hey, listen, I mean, he's arguably coaching the best team in basketball right now. He is coaching them. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. That's so I said arguably. Uh, with all due respect to the substitute teacher, Steve Nash. Um, I'm, I'm a huge D'Antoni fan, but I. What about I Atkinson? Boom. There you go. Let's go on for the Blazers. Atkinson. Yeah, he'd be good. I like that move too. That was good. I forgot about him. He's been out of the public eye for like a year or something. I know, right? I still don't understand why. Sam Cassell would be interesting. Sam Cassell. He's paid his dues, man. He's been. He's, he's been paid, like I think he deserves a shot. I just don't yeah. know. I just I don't know. I don't know if I, Chauncey. Surprised Chauncey hasn't gotten more looks too. Yeah, well, Chauncey's it's a lot of um with the thing with Jason Kidd and the domestic violence. Like Chauncey. Oh yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so. that's 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 it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got time to, to do all that, man. Uh, let's close. I, I'd be remiss to do a show and not talk about the other big news item of the week. Coach K, man, hanging it up after 40 plus years. How do you feel at the helm? I mean, it's it's we knew this day was coming. It's like, you know, what I looked at it. It's like your grandparents. It's like, you know, that day is coming when they're not oh my be there anymore. <laughs> and it's like, you know. You just prepare yourself like right. you know, one day it's coming, you know, you're not going to be there forever. You know, it, it like you knew it was coming, right? Like Coach K has been there for so long. He's in his 70s. It's it's crazy because in a lot of ways, he just feels ageless. But he's in his 70s? Yeah, he's 75. What? Yeah. I thought he was like 57. Oh, you're tripping. Nah, he's seven. I am man. tripping. He looks young. He's been, though. He looks he's been there. Age. Yeah, he looks good for his age. And he yeah. and he said he he went out of his way to say that like this isn't health related. This isn't COVID related. This isn't, you know, college basketball changing. So now I can't coach anymore. No, I'm just this is just tired, him. Yeah, he's, he's 75, man. And and over the last couple of years, he's you know, he's missed some time. You know, Coach K always had an issue with his back and stuff like that. You know, he's 75 years old, man. You know, at 75, you can't be doing the same shit every day. And you know how it is to be a coach and be a college coach at that. Like being an NBA coach is easy. A college coach, it's a year round thing. You're talking to boosters. You're recruiting. You're like a president. Exactly. You are the most powerful. Like Coach K is probably the most powerful man in North Carolina or one top three. (laughs) You're probably right. Seriously, it's the, right. the, the governor, state senator, Coach K, and whoever coaches UNC. Probably the most powerful people in the state. Like that's funny, you know. It's like, and that's how it is when you're a college coach. Like, like Nick Saban is probably the most important, powerful man in Alabama, without a doubt. Like he he could run for senate right now and win in a landslide. You oh, know. one thousand percent, and same with Coach K. And that, and that's what it, and that's what it is yeah. in, in those in that area in that region. And, and when you're a college coach, like you're revered, you don't have that in the NBA. So you know he's seventy five years old. He wants to do something different. You know you can't knock the guy. Look, I'm not. It was coming. It was it was it was time. It was coming. Um, I don't think any any I don't think any Duke fan is surprised or shocked. We knew it, that day would come eventually. We just didn't know when. Right. I thought Coach K had at least another two three years, maybe. But 
you know, hey, it's the guy. The guy I wants to do something else. For it too. I, I mean, it's just there's something different with the Duke teams lately, and I, I think a lot of it's the one and dones. And I don't think he got a problem with it necessarily, but it's not the same feel, man. Like when you're coaching the same kids, like the John Shires and the Shane Battiers and the Jason Williams mm-hmm. for like four years, and you watch them grow and you see them become like you turn them into men and you see them go to the NBA. Like that had to be so satisfying for him now. And now that Duke has just pretty much become like a one and done. Not all of them, but for the moment, they become. No, they are. They've they've done it more than it can. It takes away the passion. Like it's, it's not that he can't adjust. He probably can, but it's like, because you're double recruiting, you're double recruiting because not only are you recruiting Josh Rodriguez one and done, but you're recruiting the guy after it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> to kind of fill the void that eventually he's going to leave. It's you know, it's, it's, so it's like, it's, it's a lot, man. And again, 75 years old, it's a lot. And and obviously John Shire is doing more of the recruiting these days now than coach K right. coach K is kind of the, the overseer, the liaison. He kind of closes the deals and stuff, but you know, John Shire's out there doing the, the legwork and John Shire, and speaking of John Shire, he's the coach in waiting. Um, I think it's a hell of a hire. I really like John a lot. Um, the only I like question too. I liked him as a player. I liked him and I like him as a coach. He's a great recruiter. He's the guy that's really been at the forefront of the recruiting in the last couple of years. So I have no doubt that he can recruit. Obviously, it's a lot different recruiting for Duke when you know you have Coach K sitting there as opposed to, hey, it's John Shire and I'm recruiting for John Shire. Right. Um, so it's going to be different. Look, I like to hire a lot. I think he's a really good, a really good coach. He's a smart coach. Only question mark is this is his first job and it's a big job. You know, he hasn't coached somewhere. He hasn't gotten his feet wet somewhere. I almost wish that he could have gotten his feet somewhere, maybe somewhere else before he kind of came to the Duke. But all the that's the one knock I guess you could have on K is that a lot of his assistants haven't done well outside of the outside of the Duke bubble. The only one yeah. that's had a modicum. Well, Quinn Snyder doesn't count. He's coaching the NBA. Um, <clears throat> but the only one that really's had some Jeff Capel's had some success and Tommy Amaker. Those are the only ones. Everybody else, you know, Danny Hurley's been okay. Uh, Bobby or Bobby Hurley's been okay at Arizona State. I just, I, I just um, don't believe in like the whole coaching tree, man. Like you are your own person. Like a part of being true. a coach is like. But you know that goes into the perception, though. That I know. Goes into the I know. You know, like yeah. well, we can't hire. You know, we can't hire. Uh, you know, Jeff Capel because he's been a failure everywhere else. Like you know that goes right. into the perception, whether it's fair or fa- unfair. Yeah, that that goes into it. Matt Patricia, like with the Lions, like it's like, oh, just because you coach for Belichick, don't mean shit. <laughs> like, you're not totally different. Yeah, you're not him, and that's yeah. and that. But I, I think teams get trapped in that. It's like, oh, well, he's Belichick, so he should be that guy, right? And sometimes it isn't. It doesn't always work that way. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's bittersweet. You know, it's like it's he's been there my whole life. Like I've been a Duke fan my whole life, and it's been Coach K. He's been the one constant. And he's not going to be there anymore. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be crazy. Man, it is weird. Um, it's it's he is the he's the best bas- college basketball coach of all time. Yeah. You know when you when you take into effect the fact that you're coaching in an you know he's coached eight you know he's coached in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, now to twenty twenties, and he's dealt with different eras of college basketball, and he's had success in every era. You know, he's the best coach of all time. He's had a success in the one and done era. He was like a powerhouse before he got there either. No, he's, he made that program. Yeah. He made that program. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge hole to fill when he's gone. I I don't want to make it sound like it's going to be a seamless transition and replacing a guy of that stature is never easy. It's never easy. Um, Ask any great legendary coach that's retired. I do like their plan though. Yeah. Having Shire. Someone who went to Duke, who's an understudy, like it, it's, it seems like a very seamless process. It doesn't seem like it's going to be like too difficult. 
Right. And if Shire doesn't work out, which I don't think it will not work out, but if it doesn't work out, I think they'll give him good two, three years. I think they'll give him about three years. Three, and four. if it doesn't work, yeah. if it doesn't work out, Quinn Snyder's always out there. Who knows what Quinn Snyder does in three, four years? Maybe Utah gets stale. Who knows? That specter of Quinn Snyder being out there is always there. Brad Stevens is a guy that Duke fans have have had. Brad Stevens would be a home run at Duke. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He. he, Yeah. So you can always you could always replace it. Duke is Duke. Duke is a marquee. Duke is a brand now. You know, so yeah. I don't have a problem with Duke's not going to fall off the face of the earth now that Coach K left. It'll be an adjustment. It'll take some time, but Duke's not going to fall off the map. When when Duke comes knocking at your door, kids are listening. It's Duke, right? Right. They're not going anywhere. So, right. Yeah. So that's what I feel about it, man. It's it's it's, it's it, I'm not sad. I mean, I am sad, but it's it's not like it's heartbreak or devastation. You knew this day was coming. So now it's just about celebrating Coach K's legacy, what he did for the program, what he did for college basketball. And going out this year on top, like we have one the best recruiting class in the country. We have Paolo Banchero coming in, who's projected to be the number one pick or one of the co one of the top two or three picks along with Chet and uh and uh Imani Bates or whatever. So, you know, it's 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 go time. You gotta go out there, win a national championship, go out on top and see for, what happens, you man. Win, you win for Coach K. That's the that's the fairy tale ending that I think all of us are waiting for. So yeah, that's that's where I stand on it, man. It's a celebration of Coach K, man, and he's earned the right. He's earned it. And I, Duke haters are always going to be like, "Oh, it's typical Coach K. He's going to have a farewell." No, he's Who doing cares? it the right way. No, but he's doing it the right way. He's, he's doing he, it. It's, it's like a year in advance. Yeah, he's doing it a year in advance because of recruiting. Right now, recruits for 20, the class of twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, and beyond. No, okay, Coach K is not going to be here. Is John Shire and. Coach K is not going anywhere either. It's not like Coach K is going to go to a golf course and like say, fuck Duke. Like, no, he's basically going to be like a CEO of Duke now. Like he said, he says it like we're still going to be involved in the program. Coach K is still going to go out and close a big deal if he has to. Like, that's a hell of an ace in the hole to have if you're John Shires. Like, yo, I got Coach K. Yo, coach, I'm trying to close this deal with, you know, Josh Rodriguez, top nation prospect in the nation you know lbj jr <laughs> or, or, or Bronny, like yo coach k come to the crib like he's still going to be able to do that so yeah it's 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 it was it was it was a time that was going to come eventually but you know i think as a duke fan you never kind of think it's going to happen until it happens and it's happened so yeah it's going to see we're going to see what 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 comes to this season man it's been a hell of a ride hell of a ride Hell of a ride, man. Hell of a ride. But uh, but yeah, the goal number one right now, win a national championship next year for Coach K. That's the goal. So we're not even thinking about the future. Right now is winning a national championship with that with that that group of great players that we have coming in. And the crazies are back in Cameron Indoor. That'd be fun. Please. Yeah, we that I think that effect college sports was really affected by the lack of fans last year. College, More than college sports, sports sucked. Yeah, without the fans. Yeah, so. I mean that's that's what makes college to me so great is when it's conference tournament time and student sections going nuts. That and then the March Madness same thing. It's that's what college yeah. basketball is to me. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, if you even have maybe you obviously we won't have a full pack crowd at, at Cameron, but you know if you have sixty percent of it, that's still it's still Cameron. So yeah, I'm 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 excited for it, man. I'm looking forward to it. It, it. We have a goal. We have a goal to attain. It's I mean, every year you have a goal to win a national championship at Duke, but this year is even extra special. It's going to be extra more. It's going to be even more pressure to try to win a national championship for Coach K. 
hell at the very least just get to a final four and then right. just let the chips fall where they may but uh yeah it's gonna be exciting man it's gonna be exciting it's sad and exciting at the same time so and duke you know. versus unc in the final that's like storybook that's story and and, and and you know and we'll close on this but it's an end of an era too man i mean you got roy yeah, williams Roy's, retiring. Roy's gone too yeah roy williams is gone coach k's retiring you know who knows maybe in a few years Izzo's out of there you know that, that oh yeah last... Izzo, Izzo has a few years Izzo yeah, has like you know. five years max max yeah, Izzo's got like five years max and uh you know and calipari's not a spring chicken you know he's he's younger out of all of them but you know he's yeah. in his 60s now bayheim Bay, yeah, Bayham's probably next. Once I would once, say Bayham's once Buddy, Buddy's gone. Yeah, Bayham's maybe got another year or two left, and then that's yeah. it. It's an end of an era, man. Yeah, I mean, this is an era. I mean, this an end of like a 40, 50 year era. Gone. That's it. You know, John Thompson's no longer with us. You know, Lou Carnes, Lou Lou Carnesecca's still holding on at Jeez. ninety plus years old, but you know, he's obviously been out of the game. You know, uh, Rowley passed away a couple years ago. I mean, that era, man, of just great of what college basketball was college basketball slowly dying away. And now we're getting a new era, which is going to be new totally wave. different. A yep. new wave, a new wave man, of coaches. Juwan Howard could be the next. That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone saw much Juwan Howard in the NBA. Well, I'm like, well, Juwan Howard, like he's set up to be like the next coach k the next tom Izzo. i I think Jawan howard i think porter moser the guy from loyola chicago i think uh nate Oates. i think uh you know eric musselman i think there's some guys out there that have that that um brad stevens if he ever decides to go back to college it's it's jay wright's gonna be up watching like 10 jay wright jay wright is gonna be that dude because he's won a few national championships and Mm -hmm. he just has to like get a little little gray that's all yeah yeah jay wright if that is if he decides not to leave to the nba which is still a possibility for him but you know why would you ever leave you're a god at villanova man why would you want to go deal with fucking million dollar athletes and some idiot on Twitter telling you that, you know, yeah, once, you didn't make this wave. Yeah. Once this wave is gone, I mean, who are you going to look at as like the most successful coach? Yeah. It's, it's and I, Calipari and, and Jay Wright. Yeah. And I think the college basketball is changing in the sense that you're, I think the one, I think with the advent of the G or not the advent, but the G league becoming more of a player and overseas becoming more of a player. I think you're going to start seeing maybe 50 by the end of this decade. I think you're going to start seeing one and done's primarily going into the G league. You'll have a couple that'll be sprinkled around college basketball. I think you'll have one and done's primarily going to the G league and overseas. And I think you're going to start going back to everybody else kind of going back to college. Yeah. And, and having two, three year guys, which I think would, would be an upgrade to college basketball. Awesome, awesome for sure. I agree. If you can have every team that has a Luca Garza, a guy that stays right. for three, four years, right? That that was, that's what that's what college basketball was dope to me. Like Shane Battier for four years was yeah. on freaking Duke. That yeah. was dope. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Hansbrough I think, over UNC, I think like, they should make a rule, man. I think that I think it, I think they should basically do away with one and done. You can go to high school. You can go to the NBA right out of high school, but if you go to college, you have to do two years. Do it the baseball route. Baseball does it. Football football does that too. Yeah. So. The world is changing, man. Everything is changing. And this is this is just one of them. But it's an end of an era, man. So salute to Coach K for 40 plus years at Duke, 50, you know, 45 plus years at coaching. And yeah, man, he's uh he's a legend. It, it goes sure. without saying. He's a legend. So yeah, and all the haters stop talking shit. He deserves the send-off that he's gonna get. So yeah, man. Leave leave Coach K alone. He's deserved it. He's deserved it. So hell of a career, hell of a run um all right man that's it i think we got to everything uh that is it anything else you want to share before we get out of here man 
Nah, man. Just glad to be back. Um, yeah. Oh, how's Boston? Back. You're Boston, man. Boston. Yeah, we were. Yeah, Boston was cool, man. The weather was trash. I mean, you were you obviously in the East Coast. Yeah, it was so you know, awful the weather, weekend. The weather last weekend was so awful, Jeez. man. God, it was awful. I got there Friday morning and. Like honestly, that was the one of the best weather days in Boston was that day. And I got there and I was so jet lagged because I didn't sleep on the plate. I took a red eye, so I didn't sleep that whole night. And so I got into Boston and I was just exhausted by the time I got into my Air, Airbnb, picked up my, you know, picked up Justin. Shout out to Justin, by the way, too. Um, so by the time I got to the crib, I was just like, I just passed out. And uh, we went out that night and already started raining. And it literally started raining that night and it didn't stop. So basically all weekend was a washout and we didn't even get to go to Fenway. So I was just sitting there like Saturday morning. I was like, fuck, man, I'm probably not gonna be able to do this Red Sox game. So I'm like, what's the next best thing? Celtics game. So we just on the fly decided we we're going to go to TD Garden, go to a Celtics game. We picked a terrible Celtics game to go to because the Celtics yeah. got killed. But, uh, you know, it is the experience is always good. So got to go to a playoff game, my first playoff game and uh, my first game at Boston Garden or at least new Boston Garden anyway. But uh that was cool, man. Great arena. I really like that arena a lot. It's cool, cool atmosphere. Uh, fans, obviously, Celtics fans are are Celtics fans, so it's it's cool. I, I I know I went and I survived. I didn't get lynched. There was no KKK signs anywhere or anything like that. It was good. I survived. I know that you know basically racism was created in Boston, um, apparently. <laughs> so I've heard. Um, it's created in Boston. It's created in Boston, I guess, according to Kyrie. That, well, that's why he didn't play well game three because it was all the racism. Oh, all the racism was, was, it was like a, it was like a thick it was like a thick fog that was just sitting in the arena with all the racism. Oh man, I I love Kyrie, <clears throat> man, but he just tries to be too woke for me sometimes. Kyrie, it feels like Kyrie wants to always be the smartest person. It's like Kyrie right. is that guy that's the smartest person he knows, right? So he thinks that he's smarter than what he really is, and then when right. he goes to other people, he's like, "Oh, I'm the smartest person in the room." Yeah. No, you're not. You're not at all one of them <laughs> or not smart at all that's what Kyrie's issue is but yeah man and i'm just making a joke but obviously we know boston has its issues but people overplayed the whole boston thing is right no like the nba has what 30 cities they all have racism because america is racist it's everywhere <laughs> it's everywhere new york, new york city and los angeles like the two bluest parts in this whole country and you and there's racism reasons. there yeah, like it's yeah. everywhere. I think Miami, you think Miami because it's on a beach is not racist? Like, get the fuck out of here. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. They can have low heat <laughs> jerseys yeah. on, and, you know, we hate niggas outside on the building. You know, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Go back to Mexico as they're wearing their low heat jerseys. Like, stop. And, and waving a Cuban flag. Yeah. Right? <laughs> can't make this shit up, man. Nah, but Boston was cool, man. Uh, I uh, the Monday, Monday, my last day there for Memorial Day, we went up to Hartford. I got to see uh, uh, some my cousin that I haven't seen in like twenty years. That was really dope, and we just spent the day in Hartford. Hartford's a nice little town. First time being there. Hartford's a nice little city. Like it a lot. It was cool, man. You know, honestly, just it was a chill weekend, man. Mental health break. Mental health break. Just yeah. chill, 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 relaxing weekend, man. So glad to be back, though. Glad to be Good. back. Glad to be back. So. All right, man. We're going to get up out of here. As always, thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Without you guys, obviously, there is no podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting. As always, if you want to listen and support to the show, you can find us on every podcast platform. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and the show on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at AGS Pod on Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, any given Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter at Brown. 
Instagram, the Manuel Brown, and Facebook, Manuel Brown, and of course, Snapchat, Manny Bro 15. Uh, Josh, you want to tell everybody where to find you, where they can find the dime, and everything else you got working going on? You can follow, follow the dime at the dime NBA on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's an NBA podcast that drops weekly. Just search the dime with Josh Rodriguez on your podcast app. Just got signed with Ball is Life. They're going to be yes, releasing sir. their podcast network pretty soon. I know they just released um, the podcast Let's Get Technical with Rashid Wallace and Bonzi Wells, which is basically the headliner for the network. So I guess once they get all their ducks in a row and they'll start promoting my stuff. But until then, you can just type in the Dime with Josh Rodriguez and you'll find it. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go also make sure you go check out... Uh, some stuff I got coming out soon on MLBBro.com. Also, go check out the baseball pod. I love baseball. Go make sure you go check out Dead End Sports. I'm on there. Uh, some of the times when my schedule permits, I'm on there throughout the week. Uh, but yeah, man, make sure you go check out all the, the shows on Dead End Sport, uh, Dead End Podcast Network as well. So yeah, man, we're going to get up out of here. We're done talking. The show will be up here in the morning. Uh, like I said, as always, thank you guys for listening, for supporting, and for making this show possible. Uh, for Josh Rodriguez, I am Manny Brown. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.